Hi. We're here. It's time for Sidewalk Slam. <laughs> Sidewalk Slam for WrestleMania. 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 It's the best time of the year. It's the ultimate thrill ride. Yeah. What a what a I don't remember them saying that slogan. that much during the show. Did they say it a lot during the show? The announcers did. Yeah. I think it was more in the lead up. It was when Triple H and Seth were having that contract signing, and Triple H was like, next week at the Ultimate Thrill Ride. <laughs> it's like, mm, this doesn't... Uh, anyway. Wasn't it, what do you think it was, that was worse, or Undertaker saying it? Like he was digging a grave. Yeah, at that was the, the worst, actually. Thrill Ride, Roman Reigns. Uh, dug you a hole in my yard. Yeah. <laughs> my yard. Um, Undertaker's just burying people in his backyard, by the way. Yeah. The That's cops, illegal. Should the cops look into that? Maybe? <laughs> yeah, we found them. Maybe, probably. I don't know. Um, this is Sidewalk Slam. It's the show where we talk about uh, professional wrestling, specifically WWE, from the perspective of storylines and narrative, with an attempt to focus on the positive. And I was generally positive. Yeah, dude. This what show a good was great. WrestleMania. There was one. It was way better than last year's. Very glary, glaring flaw yep. in it, which mm-hmm. I think we were both going to agree on. Yep. But, uh, but overall, man. A lot better than last year's. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so we, if you missed it, we did an episode called uh, WrestleMania Previews and Predictions, yeah. which dealt with all of the storylines leading up to WrestleMania, yeah. uh, and that's on the channel or the podcast feed or iTunes or however it is that you are consuming this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you want to make sure that you're up to speed on how we got here, you'll want to check that one out first, because r- we're just going to go right into the show. And it's basically just covering the show. Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about really talk about just WrestleMania and uh, how how things were. Um, Six hours and like forty minutes of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. It was a long day, man. Yeah. So um, uh, live from Camping World Stadium. Is that the name of it? Yeah. That's an awful name for a stadium. It, really bad. Oof. Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. And brought to you by Snickers, and. Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. <laughs> yeah. It is WrestleMania 33. Regarding our sponsors, there was a really great Bailey. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the Bailey commercial? The Snickers Bailey commercial? Oh, where yeah. Where she's yeah. like freaking out and she's telling people to go hug themselves. And she was swearing, but every swear was just hug. Yeah. But Did you see the one with uh, James Ellsworth? That was It was straight up the WWE tap out commercial with everyone doing CrossFit with like the ropes and climbing yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all that, but it was with James Ellsworth doing it terribly. And yeah. then Ric Flair comes in and is like, man, you are not you when you're hungry and gives Ellsworth a Snickers and it's Charlotte. Yeah. It's like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's real that's weird. That's really bizarre. Anyway. So is it James Ellsworth is a worse version of Charlotte or Charlotte is a better version of James Ellsworth. Or no, I think it's that when Charlotte gets hungry, yeah, she becomes she as a lycanthrope would do, yeah. turns into James Ellsworth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after the superstar shakeup, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. Yeah. After that, you know, then maybe if Charlotte goes to SmackDown, then we'll see. Yeah. If they can exist on the same brand at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Or if actually Charlotte just does Monday Night Raw as Charlotte, yeah. and then the full moon rises and she goes to SmackDown and hangs around with Carmella yeah. as James Ellsworth. I've never seen her in the same place at the same time. Right? Yeah. Baffling. We've cracked the code. Ah. Anyway, what a, All right. what a conspiracy theory that would be. Yeah. So, yeah, the WrestleMania kickoff show had um, yeah. uh, three matches on it, but mm-hmm. not the three that we thought. Yeah. Uh, well... I guess let's start at the beginning. First match was Neville versus Austin Aries. Yeah. For the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, this match was awesome. 
It was a good match. Yeah. And they even gave it like 19 minutes, like I said. Yeah, they gave it a while. Yeah, they gave it 19 minutes. It was really 19 minutes? Holy crap. Highlights included uh, Neville hitting that nasty snap German suplex that he does. Yep. Um, I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't realize it before, but maybe I just wasn't thinking when I was watching Raw, but uh, they call Austin Aries' forearm the, the five arm. Yeah, because yeah. it's one better. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. It's better than a forearm. It's yeah. a five-arm. Yeah. It's like the Victor Borga shit right there. Yeah. Victor Borga used to, he was a, like a musical comedian, basically, and he yeah. used to do this whole bit about, like, inflation yeah. and increasing numbers. I don't think I've ever numbers. seen it, yeah. It gets to the point where uh, he's uh, said uh, uh, the phrase, um, uh, I I nine my lavender loin with a five. <laughs> Instead of I ate my tenderloin yeah. with a fork. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think I'd get a Victor Borga reference yeah. on Sidewalk Slam. Well, but we've done here it. Here we are. The peak of the mountain. We're off the rails already. Uh, uh, match yeah. was great. I mean, um, I was sort of in and out during the kickoff. I'm going to admit that right now because uh, I was desperately trying to get to where I was watching the show. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to go back and, and rewatch everything, but I saw um, most of this match, uh, but I, I missed some. Missed some stuff. But what I saw of this match was great. Yeah, the match was great. I really liked it. Um, Neville won with the Red Arrow after he uh, was in the Last Chancery, which is Austin Aries' submission hold. And he is gouged, that what it's called? The yeah, Last Chancery. Chancery. Yeah. And he gouged... Um, it was a nice bit of like storytelling in ring because yeah. Austin Aries had had orbital surgery. Yeah. His knee, his, he got a knee from Nakamura <laughs> yeah. at a house show in NXT and cracked his or- orbital bone, he had surgery on it, and uh, Neville gouged it, like raked at his his injured eye, as they like to sell on commentary. And then um, Aries released a hold, and then Aries did this thing where like he was selling the injury, and he put his face, like he was resting against the, the ropes, yeah. and then Neville kicked the rope into his eye, yeah, it was which good. I thought was awesome. That yeah. was sweet. And then he hit the red arrow. So. Yeah. It wasn't the same. The red arrow definitely, it didn't feel the same impact like when we talked about it with Gallagher. And he's yeah. like, oh, I can't beat this guy. Like, I got to do something, right? This was just like, he kind of just did it. It's WrestleMania. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. You want to yeah. go for you, you want to go big. <laughs> but yeah, Austin Aries put in a great performance. Um, obviously, this not like, both people looked great. Yeah. Neville retained as we as we predicted. Yeah. Um, and uh, not that it's a contest. Who cares if no. we predicted it? Speaking but, of which. But one I for made, one, we called it. I made a bunch of predictions with people at work. Yeah. And we have a bet, and I lost miserably. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we did pretty well on our predictions podcast, did honestly. We, maybe I had different predictions then, because huh. I don't, because I remember looking at the picks I made. I think I did it before the podcast, and then I changed, like. Oh, okay. But I must have, because I looked at my picks, and I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, um. Uh, yeah, great match. I mean, there's not a lot to say. We honestly don't cover the Cruiserweights that much because their storylines are not super involved. Yeah. This one was just Austin Aries coming back and like, we, I'm going to fight you. Yeah, because like, we, right. we don't watch 205 Live because yeah. it's, it's, it's just too much wrestling. It's too much. So um, next was the, the, the arm bar, which several people on Twitter and in the comments, got, uh, they gave us a much better explanation for the, uh, for the initialism. Andre? No, no, no. It's the Andre Rusimov oh. Memorial... Battle Royal. Yeah. So the A is the only thing that's... It's the arm bar, but they put the A in there, so it's better. Yeah. Anyway, so the arm bar. Okay. Um, uh, so everyone... No one gets to do their own their own entrances because it's... Uh, 
Unless you're the Big Show and yeah. Braun Strowman. Big Show and Braun Strowman were the only ones that got their own entrances. Usually they do that for like the big, big, big guys in mm-hmm. Battle Royals, I found, recently, anyway. Yeah. Every time there's a Battle Royal, it's always usually like one big dude gets his own entrance. Yeah. And that was Pokemon. So this was like, uh, I guess, hang on. The people in the match were Primo, Kalisto, Simon Gotch, Heath Slater, Jay Uso, Goldust, Connor, Big Show, Victor, Braun Strowman, Kurt Hawkins, R-Truth, Rhino, Aiden English, Curtis Axel, Jimmy Uso, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Sinkara, Mark Henry, Tian Bing, Epico, Bo Dallas, Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler, Luke Harper, Titus O'Neil, Sami Zayn, Killian Dane, and Jinder Mahal, and Mojo Raleigh. That list that I read was also the order of elimination. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I just realized, yeah. Um, two things. Yeah. Rest in peace, Simon Gotch. Yeah. He got released from the WWE. Well, I guess he asked for, apparently he asked for his release. Really? Yeah. That's what I read. Huh. They mutually agreed upon release. Interesting. And then... Uh, so, rip Vaudevillains. Yeah, Vaudevillains are done. Um, also... I hope Aiden English gets a mid-card singles run. I hope so. He can sing. He can do a lot of weird stuff. He can like sing. Stuff like, yeah, he's a good singer. He's huh. a classically trained singer. Wow. They've gone over that when they talked about the vaudeville. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, 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 they, they talk the about that sometimes. They yeah. do the singing. Um, also, you mentioned, I know you mentioned the name that people are may, maybe caught that they don't know, which is mm. Killian Dane. Yeah, I was I was surprised to see him. Yeah, they announced it the night before mm-hmm. on NXT, but they're like, oh, Killian Dane's going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle, of, Battle Royal, and Killian Dane is a member of Sanity, which yeah. is a faction in NXT run by Eric Young. And they're like this weird post-apocalyptic kind of like Hills Have Eyes kind of Bray Wyatt-ish, but without the mystical powers. Like They're a little more like a biker gang, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're more like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, they're more like a biker gang, and they have like weird heavy metal music, and they're all cre- kind of creepy. But they're like just more like psychotic than creepy. Because we saw, we saw Killian Dane and Sanity at TakeOver San Antonio, yeah. and he was dressed differently. Wasn't he? Was he? No, he was, I think he was wearing the same stuff. Really? Okay. This looked like much more of like a... He was probably wearing more... I think he was covered up more. He wasn't wearing like his gear. Yeah. Like his ring gear. He was wearing, he was like, wearing a like a coat. Okay. and stuff. Yeah. But he was definitely... He was wearing like the same... He looks like a video game character. Yeah. Like he looks like a guy out of he's like... He's a big dude. Like he looks like a guy out of like Rune. Like he looks like a, yeah. like a Nordic. Yeah. Like or, a, or a, a Celt or something, you know? Yeah. He's got a like a very Braveheart feel to him. Yeah. Right? Um... The Andre the okay the the best things about this were a I mean Big Show got eliminated like right away real which, quick real quick and then fucking Braun Strowman got eliminated like two minutes in yeah and I was like what I thought for sure he was winning it because yeah. everyone went went after uh, Strowman and got fought back and then everyone went after Big Show and then Strowman helped everyone go after Big Show and eliminate yeah. him. And then while while Strowman was like, ha, 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 I beat you, Big Show, then everyone's like, well, and yeah. they go after Strowman and the, when the entire ring is fighting. Yeah. So then I was like, Sami Zayn's going to win it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Sami Zayn. Nope. Nope. But so here's here's some stuff that surprised me. Yeah. Uh, I guess not surprised me, but some notable points. Uh, Chan Bing did very well. Yeah. Killian Dane did very well. I thought they were going to run back the NXT debuter wins the title. It seems weird to me, though, that, but Killian Dane wasn't going to win it because like, he's just a member of Sanity, right? Are they going to bring him up without Sanity? They could. I guess they There's can. no reason they can't. Yeah, that's true. Right? But I, it looked like he was going to win it. Like He was in the last like five, wasn't he? As soon as I saw 
who won it in like the last five, I was like, fuck, he's winning it. And then they showed the dude in the crowd, and I was like, double fuck. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. So I like they they talked about this friendship before yeah. on air. So <laughs> Mojo Raleigh yeah. is friends with a man named Gronk. Ron Gronkowski, the Gronk. You can't honk the Gronk. You can't bonk the Gronk. Really? You can't. Do people say that? No, oh, I do. Thank God. <laughs> I okay. started saying it Sunday. I actually messaged a friend. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, you can't bonk the Gronk, man. <laughs> so they had this shot of Rob Gronkowski. Who does he play for? Uh, he plays for the New England Patriots. He's a tight end. Okay. Patriots, he's one of the, so. He is one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the That's game. current Super Bowl Yeah, they champion? won the Super okay. Bowl. Okay, so... The Gronk is there in the front row. Can't hog the Gronk. With a, with a uh, Mojo Raleigh baseball cap. And a t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. And so that, this is not remotely unusual, but they put a camera on him, and they're like, hey, look who's in the front row at WrestleMania. It's the yeah. Gronk, right? The Gronk. And this, this is not... <laughs> see, this didn't twig to me, because they yeah. do this all the time. Like, yeah. later on, they showed a picture of Jimmy Fallon in the front row, right? Yeah. They're, like, they're always like, hey, look at the celebrity who's at WrestleMania. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, there's some, some sportsman who I don't know about is in the... Is in the front row. Yeah. Neat. Fine. As soon as they showed him, I was like... So it gets down to, like, the last several guys. Yeah. And uh, Jinder Mahal yeah. did, was one of the last few guys. And I was like, man, this might be Jinder's year. Like, he was he was putting on a good show. Yeah. And he... Who does he throw out of the ring? He throws gro- or, uh, Ro Mojo out of the ring. Oh, was it? Okay. He throws Mojo through the middle row. I thought like it was someone else. Down. Okay. So he throws Mojo out of the ring and then jumps down. And because Gronkowski is there, like... Trash talking Jinder for attacking his boy Mojo Raleigh. Jinder goes up and gets in his face, yeah, and is like, like grabs his drink and like drinks some of it and spits it back at him. Did you see? He threw the cup back at Gronk, mm-hmm. and it bounced off of him and then fell on the barricade and landed, landed up. What? No, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. It was like that bottle flip vine. Anyway, um, it was like when remember when back at uh, the Dolph Ziggler Miz ladder match when the ladder went duke. So he gets all in Gronk's face, and then they get back in the ring. And then Gronk jumps the barricade. Yeah. Which apparently was a real surprise to one of the security guards. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. I was like, oh, someone doesn't know. <laughs> like, a, someone didn't know that he was supposed to jump over. Oh, I. It made it feel pretty fucking real to yeah. me because I was like, that security. Like, she is not pretending. Yeah. She's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. And so he jumps the barricade, and she's like, you can't you can't come in here. And then, like, one of the refs goes over and is like, yeah, you can't be in here. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She tried to honk the Gronk, man. <laughs> and so there's actually a shot can't later on. There's, like, a wide shot later on where you can see referee Charles Robinson yeah. in the background of shot go over to her and be like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. And so anyway, so... Gronk jumps the barricade, takes his shirt off, gets in the ring, huge pop from the crowd. Yeah. He uh, gets down in the corner, sort of like in a... In like a... Three-point stance. Yeah, like he's going to, you know... Tackle him. Because like he's, he's gonna, a football player. Like he's going to do, do a football thing. <laughs> Get it? And then, yeah, so he, he, like, he tackles Jinder, basically. Yeah. Which is not enough to take him out. No. Because you see in kayfabe, he is merely a football player. And yeah. though football players have become wrestlers, you know, that's not enough to hinder the gender. <laughs> 
Man, can we get a hint of the Jenner and can't bonk the Gronk? Yeah, right. Please? So anyway, um, <laughs> can't bonk them, can't hinder them. It, Nobody it, wins. It comes down to the wire. Jenner's on the outside of the rope, and they're fighting back and forth. And uh, I was definitely, I was expecting that they still might like have Jinder like flip Mojo over and win it still. But yeah. as it turns out, Mojo uh, manages to uh, knock him down, and your winner of the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is Mojo, Mojo Raleigh. Raleigh. <laughs> yeah, man. Imagine so, me the person that called that one. Yeah. Like, you got this pool of guys, you know, and it's like, who who do we think needs, you know, who do we want? I felt really bad because after this, they cut to the pre-show panel, and uh, Booker T was like, I'm glad to see Mojo Raleigh shedding the dead weight of Zack Ryder. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He said something to that effect. Well, Ryder's going to be a singles competitor when he returns, <laughs> yeah. so... Yeah, but he said that, and Man. I was like, damn, Booker T. They didn't even fight. They didn't even really shit. Zack Ryder got hurt. But yeah. Not only is that sentence ridiculous, but it yeah. also makes no sense in the the confines of what happened. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Booker T. I was, I was a little sad to see uh, Luke Harper in this match. Yeah. Because he, he didn't have any role announced for Mania, and so I assumed that he'd be involved in some way in the uh, Wyatt Orton match later in the card and then I saw him in here I was like oh so probably not then and also spoilers he wasn't so I was like okay interesting but um, yeah I mean apart from that the battle a battle royal where 30 who was it 33 men how many people 33 people a battle royal where everybody starts in the ring it's just a complete melee for the first bunch of it yeah it's a lot of punches Uh, I I recall that uh yeah, I recall Simon Gotch got eliminated very quickly, and uh, I recall Goldust looking legitimately hurt when he <laughs> when, oh, really? when he got eliminated. He was like, "Hey, man!" It's like I thought I had a shot. Come on, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It was okay. It was fun. Gronkowski was a thing. It's always a fun time, and yeah, you know, you get the celebrity involved, you get some get some headlines. Why yeah. not? I, I mean, Mojo Mojo Raleigh. That's it surprises me, but at the same time, it's like I guess Sammy doesn't need this. No, right. So this is something Mojo I mean, can use. They yeah, obviously see so. something in him. I, I mean, how much are they going to use it? I mean, they kind of use it for Baron Corbin, but that was just because they would mention it every once in a while, but it yeah. was never like a selling point. It was just mentioned on his, like, his introduction. Well, for, for a period of time, they did have the, the, the trophy at ringside, and it's like, Baron Corbin requested we bring the trophy out here to intimidate his That's fellow competitors. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I don't see Mojo Raleigh doing something like that, though. No. There was a bit on the SmackDown uh, afterwards where he was backstage talking about how great it was and how they're going to have a party about it now. And it was like, okay. Yeah, JBL kept going off about how Gronkowski likes to party. That was like his thing. Yeah. He kept bringing it up over and over again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. JBL. I love you, though. Anyway, uh, I guess we'll see uh, where it goes. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I, I assume that um, I assume that Gronk got it because they felt that he needed something. Mojo got it. Sorry, Gronk. Well, Gronk did get just it. Give it to Gronk. No, he just gets to take it home. No, no, I, they gave it to Mojo because they felt that he. I needed I think they gave it to something. Mojo because he's friends with Gronkowski. <laughs> I mean, and then they get to they have get a, to have the 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 exposure from having Gronkowski. Usually, on. I'm the one who says cynical stuff like that. You're probably totally right. I'm probably right. But yeah, right. <laughs> look, man. I don't know. I just call a spade a spade, right? Like, yeah, it's not a super relevant match. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, whatever. The last match on the kickoff show, yeah, 
the Intercontinental title match yeah. with Dean Ambrose defending against Baron Corbin. Yeah. Now, originally, it had been the SmackDown women's match, the six-pack six pack challenge. And um, a lot of people thought that was not fair. Yeah. And there was a big um, Twitter hashtag push. It was like, give SD women a chance or something, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it worked. I remember Becky Lynch uh, tweeting like, holy crap, you guys, you did it. Thank you. This is amazing. You know, and, and, and they said, hey, the women's match is being moved to the main, the main card. And so I was like, oh, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Are, are they moving another match down? Or we don't know. We don't know. Maybe okay. They didn't say. They just said they were moving. One. Yeah. Turns out they're moving the Intercontinental match to to the kickoff show. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Got to make room there somewhere. Um, this was a good match. Yeah, I liked it. It felt. It did feel like a standard kind of. It could have been on SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, I felt know, that way too. I don't know if it's because, like. They were both kind of upset because they got, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they felt. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just like they were cut on time or there's. They were the, they, they, so another, um, another, uh, rumor I heard is that because the kickoff show gets aired on USA, Mm -hmm. like it, it actually airs live on regular TV. Yeah. And, uh, USA Network had asked for a main event. For the kickoff show, really? Yeah, like some sort of match, like a a main event level match for the kickoff show. Mm-hmm. I'd heard that rumored, but when there's and so this four was that match. Events, there's no. Main <laughs> so this event. was basically the main event of the kickoff. Okay. So there's that. I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, I it didn't, know, it didn't really like okay. Like we've seen them wrestle this match before. Yeah, uh, the the end of it was sweet yeah. when. Um, Baron Corbin went for the end of days yeah. on Dean Ambrose, and Ambrose just flipped over his back, yeah. just whoop up and over his back, and then caught him with a dirty deeds. Yeah. So that was cool. But yeah, actually, this was like they had another. They actually this was a, not a super entertaining match. Actually, now that I'm remembering it, they had like a no DQ match or a street fight this week. On SmackDown, mm, yeah, which Corbin won. I think it was non-title. Yeah, yeah, it was. So that match, actually, that match is really good. So it's just like I don't know what it was about. I don't know if it was because, and like, I don't want to accuse them of saying like, oh, they're upset because they got moved to the pre-show, mm. right? And just put on like a kind of whatever match because I really don't feel like wrestlers ever do that. Yeah, it's just maybe they both had an off night because I really like both these guys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just unfortunate, really. It just kind of like I felt like this feud. For going into this, I was actually really excited for Corbin because I thought for sure he was winning. Um, but I guess they decided that it's not time yet. They yeah. just want Dean to keep going. So yeah. Did we say Corbin was going to win? I said Corbin was going to win. You might have said Ambrose. I called Corbin. I'm just going to say that I said Ambrose so I can be right, but I probably I probably was probably wrong. I think you. Picked, we, we have you it on tape, Ambrose. so yeah. I'm pretty sure you picked Ambrose. Um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, like I feel bad just kind of shrugging this one off, but it did. Like when I watched it, I was like, yeah, that was all right. There wasn't anything really like that made me. Maybe I was just bummed because Corbin lost, and that kind of excused me. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was hoping for a little, a, a little, a little better out of this one, but yeah. Anyway, so goes the kickoff show. That's it. So now, uh, the main show, fireworks, intro package, videos. The new day comes out. The new day, your hosts of WrestleMania. Yeah, the they come day. on. So I mentioned Final Fantasy fourteen Stormblood expansion, yeah. and they come out. And we're watching, and we're like, they have their ice cream cart, and the front of it has a bird on it, and I'm like, man, that looks like a 
Fat Chocobo. Mm-hmm. And then... Is it Chocobo? I always said Chocobo. I don't know which it is. I think it might be Chocobo. I think you're probably right, but I don't know. I always said Chocobo. Anyway, on the, the cartoons in the background, there's, there's, a, there's a Moogle yeah. with a unicorn horn. And I'm like, wait, that's a friggin' Moogle. Yeah. Wait, what are the New Day dressed like? What is going on? And then when the announcer comes in and is like, by the way, it was brought to you by Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so they're actually like, it's legitimately is a Chocobo and it is a Moogle. How about? Because they're, it's, Final Fantasy Stormblood is one of the sponsors, is, is one of the sponsors and they're all dressed like Final Fantasy characters. Kofi's dressed like a, like a red mage. And, yeah. How was it this part where Michael yeah. Cole was like, ah, oh, guys, I think I saw. Moogle! <laughs> like, he, there was a pause in between where he said, I think I saw a pause, look down, Moogle, he also and said, uh, Chocobo. He also said, quote, Michael Cole, I love Final Fantasy, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second, man. There's a clip someone found of an episode of, like, SmackDown or something when it was Taz... And Michael Cole calling SmackDown. Yeah. And it was brought to you by Final Fantasy X-2. Yeah. And Taz is literally playing it at the at the announce table. No way. He has like a PS2 controller and he's playing it. And Michael Cole is just giving him shit for it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, what are you doing? This is dumb. You're being stupid. So you don't like Moogles. Exactly. You, we We've fucking caught, caught you. <laughs> caught you in a lie. We went to the tape, was Michael Taz, Cole. Was Taz playing video games like someone who doesn't play video games? I think so. They, that thinks that you know people have to push they every people? button all at once. Yeah, they're just yeah. like, <laughs> man, video games, video games. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Anyway, so, yeah. Final, New Day come out. They're just like Final. Fantasy. I think they're classes. Like Red Mage is a. Yeah. I don't know. Biggie had a big samurai sword with like a. He had two. He had two of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Kofi was. I mean Kofi. Xavier is read like a bard, I'm assuming. I assume so, yeah. I think his Twitter thing is like he's a party, he's the party bard. That's yeah. His thing. Um, and they come out and fuck, they welcome everyone? Yep. And that's pretty much it, right? They say they're going to pull their levers. Oh, yeah. And Xavier's like, no, no, just, just, just one lever. Yeah. That sounds rude. Don't, yeah. We're not going to pull just our levers. <laughs> anyway, so what's your curtain jerker? What's the first match of the night at WrestleMania 33? What did you think it was going to be? Uh, I thought it was going to be Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin, so I was like, I have no idea what's going on for yeah. Turned out it was Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Yep, sure was. And you know what? In the surprise match of the night? Yeah, dude. Like, not, not, I'm not saying this, that this match was the match of the night. I'm saying that this was... The one that surprised me. This was... Way better than anyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. I would even say this it was, was probably the best match of the night. This was 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was good. I would like to say All right. that I got on Twitter beforehand and I said, this match will surprise people. Yep. I had faith in AJ Styles as yeah. the best in the world. And I had, like, m- minimal faith in Shane. Like, I just didn't, like, like no offense to Shane, but he's yeah. not on the level of AJ Styles. Absolutely. But AJ Styles is that much better than everyone else yeah. that he can make Shane McMahon Look like a million bucks. At the beginning of the match, AJ just says uh, to Shane, I'm going to embarrass you. Dude, also in the beginning of the match that I fucking loved, this made me so hyped, Shane, like, postures up with closed fists, and AJ's like, hey, man, no closed fists. He says that. that that's a rule, is you're not allowed to hit people. Apparently, you're not about because, you know, the ref goes, hey, no closed yeah. fists. That's a, that's a thing. 
I think it's in the rule book. But like the, people hit each other with closed fists all the time. But Roman, the ref likes to bring it up when the heels. Roman doing it. Roman Reigns and Big Show both have finishers that are literally punch the guy in the face. Look, man, I don't write the rule book. Okay. <laughs> Surely the closed fist thing can't be a rule anymore. I think it is still. Because they always did it to heels. Because the heel yeah. would do it, and the right. ref would be like, "Hey, no closed fist." And the heel would be like, "Screw you, ref!" And they need to hit him with a closed fist. Weird. But it was awesome when AJ yeah. did it because I was like, "Oh, what a throwback!" Like it's so great. It reminded me of like the '80s. Yeah. Um, and Shane, who normally just sort of like dances around and gets in like a flurry of punches and stuff, does was, Shane have the worst punches in wrestling? They're, they're not great. Yeah. Uh, he was doing like technical wrestling. Yeah. He was they doing wrestled. some really good stuff. Yeah. This was a really, really good match. The, the only thing that I found weird was where they were actually wrestling and Shane was kind of holding his own, and then AJ is the one that resort. I guess. Because AJ's supposed to be the heel. Yeah. And AJ brings out a garbage can where there's a ref. The ref gets knocked down. So that's what I was going to say is, yeah. is that the whole point going into this was that this is just a normal match. Yeah. This is not a no DQ match, Shane. You yeah. don't get to do your crazy spot monkey whatever stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you and me in a ring. And I don't know why I didn't think of ref bump as being a possible thing. But Shane has AJ back into the corner and AJ goes for this like kick. There's a word for it. I don't know. Pele kick? Is it a Pele kick? I guess. When the ref gets knocked over? Yeah. I can't remember if he goes for the pay kick or not. It's, it's, it's a jump kick, based Like, he jumps up and just kick. Yeah, yeah I guess it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, it is an Inziguri. Anyway, Inziguri. so he misses Shane and takes the ref out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right. Of course. Ref bumps. Yeah. And so then AJ knocks, but, knocks Shane down, yeah. puts him in the corner, yeah. goes under the ring, gets a trash can. Yeah. Well, gets two trash cans and chucks them in the ring. Why, why is he going to throw the second trash can up there, AJ? That part made no sense. Getting the trash can at all... I thought made no sense for AJ to get it. So you know why I liked it? Why? Because he was setting Shane up to do the coast-to-coast. Yeah. Right? Which is Shane's signature, si- signature move, right? Yeah. So he's doing it to be a dick. Oh, right? Okay. He's like, oh, hey, is the ref's down. You know what I could do? Mm-hmm. I could make Shane look like an idiot with his own move. Even though it's not... Like, even though you're right, he's being hypocritical. Yeah, because like the whole thing going into this is like, you can't beat me in a yeah. regular wrestling match. And then I think that bringing the weapons into it was like, in kayfabe, was like, you're giving Shane a chance because then you're taking him back into his element. Yeah, which so, I think was a cocky mistake yeah. on the part of AJ's character, which I liked. Fair enough. But I just, I was... You can not like it, maybe, don't worry. Okay, maybe it's just me being, like, such a mark for AJ Styles. Like, he wouldn't do something that stupid. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe my, a little, vision, my vision's clouded. Like, maybe maybe a little marquee sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't do anything that dumb. Shut up! My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> so the, the Coast to Coast, by the way, I think we've talked about it before, yeah. is a move where you put the guy in the corner, sitting on the ground in the turnbuckle, you wedge a trash can or other foreign object, but with chain, typically a trash can, yeah. in between the ropes. And then you jump from one turnbuckle to the other and kick the trash can into their face. It's pretty impressive. Rob Van Dam was the first person to do it, I think. Yeah. Um, to know, actually, before this, I think before the Didn't trash can... did Van Dam usually do it with chairs? Yeah, he did mm-hmm. it with a chair. Um, it was called the Van Terminator. Yeah. The, the trash can gives you a little bit more leeway. It makes it safer also. Yeah. The, um, before this spot, like the trash can bit happened, I think... Ad, or didn't Shane turn... AJ went for a springboard 450, mm. and AJ, or Shane caught him into a triangle choke, which was hella impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was like super like, holy shit, dude. It was good. I thought they were going to make Shane win this match, <laughs> and I almost jumped out of my seat a couple times. Like I was like, oh, no, please. <laughs> please. It, 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 looked, it looked convincing. Yeah. Right? That like, was good, though. It got me more into the match. Yeah, exactly. Right? It looked like a match that definitely could go either way. So AJ goes for this coast-to-coast on Shane, 
And Shane manages to stand up and catch him with the garbage can in midair. Yeah. And then put AJ in the corner and set him up for the coast-to-coast. This is when I thought AJ was going to lose. Yeah. This is when I freaked out. Because he, he connects with the coast-to-coast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the ref is still like, what's going on? Because he jumps over the ref yeah. to do this. Look, man, when a, ref bump, when a ref takes a bump, like, that's it. Yeah. You're out for at least 30, 30 seconds to, you know, anywhere from 30 seconds to eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's, there's a, a broad, gap. broad range <laughs> yeah. of how long you could be out. Yeah. So okay. then he pulls AJ onto the announce table like he did on SmackDown yeah. and goes up the top turnbuckle to do a diving elbow to AJ. But AJ rolls out of the way yeah. and Shane goes right through the announce table all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then AJ rolls him back in the ring and then hits him with a phenomenal forearm. And that's it. Uh, I think that's it, right? No, because AJ also, the other time I thought, uh, sorry, Shane, the other time I thought Shane was going to win is when Shane uh, drags him to the corner, climbs up the turnbuckle, and does a... Oh, yeah, does a shooting star press. Shooting star press. (laughs) Fuck, I forgot that's what happened. He missed the shooting star press. Or he missed the elbow. No. Oh, he missed the shooting star press. He missed the elbow too, didn't he? Fuck, man, we're so bad at this. No, he missed. He definitely missed the elbow. He missed, and he missed the shooting star press because AJ moved out of the way of that. Okay. And that's when AJ hit the phenomenal forearm. Right. But, yeah, hey, shooting star press. I didn't know Shane could do that. Yeah, or I, I forgot either. that he... I think he's done it before, but I forgot. Anytime I see someone do the shooting star press, I just remember when Brock Lesnar did it and landed mm-hmm. right on his dome. This was in a Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Was that at WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. Brock Lesnar was, like, maybe not as big as he is now. Yeah. He was still big. But not as hefty as he is now. And but he did try to do a shooting star press and landed like directly on top of his noggin. Mm-hmm. Is bad man. But yeah, man, this this match was like like we knew AJ and Shane would put on a good show, yeah. right? But this was way better than I thought. I also like how Shane didn't do anything like super crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, he he did an elbow onto the announce table and a shooting star press, but they didn't need to resort to like. Shane jumping off the the scaffolding or like yeah. you know what I mean like they put on a good match without anything like extraordinarily ridiculous. Yeah, the only thing that would get you DQ'd was the garbage cans. Yeah, which AJ brought in. And I also like that they didn't do anything ridiculous because people why were those under the it? ring at all? Yeah, that's a good point. Why are the garbage cans under the ring? I don't know, but they're always there. They're always there when they're needed. I guess it's just like later on there's a sledgehammer under there. Mm-hmm. I guess that could be used for setting up the ring though. Yeah, but probably not. <laughs> probably not, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'd like to think we've moved on from sledgehammers. Yeah. Um, but I do like how they, the story going into this was Shane can't wrestle a, wrestler, a regular match. And they didn't resort, they actually actually tried to wrestle a regular match. Yeah. Like he didn't have, I mean the coast to coast is like, it's just kind of tame by usual Shane standards, yeah. I guess. Like, Shane, Shane didn't look awful. Like AJ said he would. Shane wrestled a good match. Like, actually wrestled. Shane still got to do crazy spot stuff. Mm-hmm. AJ still looked like the dominant wrestler, clearly. Yeah. And he still won. Yeah. So. It was a net positive for everyone. It was great. Involved. Yeah. It yeah. was great. It, it was, was a really so good match. Fun. It was way, way more fun than I thought I would have. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it'll be good. And this is coming from, like, a guy who doesn't think AJ can really do any wrong. I mean, he hasn't proven that he can so far. Well, here you anyway. go. AJ Styles opening the show at WrestleMania. Yeah. Wow. Well, he got his win, though. Yeah. I mean, it makes up for last year when I thought he should have won. Yeah. But that's all right. Yeah, we got it. Opening match. AJ Styles over Jay McMahon. It was good. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Second match. Yep. Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho yeah. for the United States title. Yep. Um, 
Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho. Like, Owens comes out just like a regular entrance. He just walks out. But Jericho comes out, and he's got... Uh, light up scarf, yeah. which is great, and a giant inflatable list. The giant inflatable <laughs> list. I almost missed it. Yeah. Someone was like, "Oh, the, the list," and I'm like, "What? He's not carrying anything." And they're like, "No, no behind him." Yeah, and there's like, like this <laughs> three-story tall giant inflatable. It's like the size of the Bootios box from last year. Yeah, it was great. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was I so mean, awesome, fun. but it was ridiculous. Yeah. This match I really liked. I had a lot of fun with this one. I thought yeah. that uh, the. It it really showed like the way that they told the story of this match felt like they knew each other so well because they hung out together so long. Yeah. They were just reversing each other's moves mm-hmm. constantly. Um, Owens tried to put Jericho in the walls at one point. Yeah, yeah. or he did. He got him. Oh, he got him in the walls. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because yeah. Jericho, well, Jericho turns at one point. Kevin Owens goes for the cannonball. Yeah, and Jericho catches him into the walls. At, like from right. that the flip and like he kind of blocks it um, my favorite I think reversal was uh, much later in the match but I'm just sort of jumping around we are was, kind of jumping around um, uh, Owens goes for the pop up power bomb pops Jericho up who just grabs his head and pulls him down into code a code breaker. breaker yeah that was great it was yeah. what 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 a great reversal yeah I think it was when Jericho went for the code breaker too and Owens turned it into the walls of Jericho that's when he did it I think right 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 because he caught him and like put him down and then how many attempted lion salts did Jericho do in this match like five yeah like he kept trying to hit the lion well, salt it was like he went for lion salt Owens got his knees up Owen went for a frog splash Jericho got his knees up I think, did Jericho go for the lines all again? And, and either Owens, hit or Owens moved and then Jericho just landed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of lion salts. Yeah. <laughs> and just, we kept being like, you're never going to connect one, Chris. Stop. Yeah. And uh, there was some good, like, emotion, like, especially because these two talk a lot when they're in the ring. Right? Yeah. Um, just Owen saying, you're ne- you were never my best friend. And there's one point where Jericho was like, come on, you son of a bitch. Like, ooh. Because the ring's all mic'd, right? They can hear, yeah. the whole crowd can hear kind of what they're there's saying. There's a big stupid idiot chant. Yeah. Jericho was- had a huge amount of uh, support oh, in yeah. this match. It was definitely like, the way they crafted the story and the way it paid off, I thought was really well done. Yeah. The, uh, um, when, uh, was he in the walls? Or was he being pinned with the like finger? He Jericho. That's when Jericho turned the pop of power bomb into the code breaker. Right, right. And Owens fall like he hits Owens with the code breaker. Owens falls down. Jericho goes for the pin. One, two, and Owens puts his finger just on the, one just finger, the tip just of his finger ding. on the ropes, and which breaks up the pin. And then uh, Owens rolls out of the ring. And then when Jericho's rolling or coming out to get him, or fight him, Owens kicks Jericho in the knee. Right. And it gives him the power bomb onto the apron. Yeah, which is back in. that's like that's like the that's Owen's super finisher. Yeah, that's the super finisher. The man. apron is the hardest part of the ring. Yeah, dude. But you know, yeah, like uh, seeing it with the avalanche AA yeah, from the, the that power bomb is Owen's like mega move. Yeah, like the pop up power bomb is his finisher. But when that can't get it done, the power bomb onto the ring apron, which looks super painful. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't, don't want to think like, about. I, I, I'm never going to get tired if the, the apron is the hardest part of the <laughs> ring as a joke. But that looked really painful. Yeah. I don't even want to think about how that feels. Like, it can't feel good. It can't feel good. No. No, but my favorite part about the finger on the ropes is the ref being like, no, no, stop, stop, finger, finger. He's got a finger here, finger here. He's, like, poking it. He's like, this is the finger. It's on the ropes. Yeah. It's the finger, the ropes. Finger. Ropes, finger, rope, finger, finger. Good. Okay. <laughs> and I like how after Jericho gets off him for the pin, Owen's, like, hooked his finger and, like, pulled himself up with the one. Like, he's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty great. Uh, it was a good match, yeah, but... Uh, 
Kevin Owens, you knew, as we predicted, as we thought would happen, because of meta reasons, Jericho is going to be going away touring with Fozzie, so we thought he'd be dropping the title. Yeah. Probably here. Yeah. Yep. Next was the Raw Women's Championship. Yep. Fatal Four Way. Bailey, who comes up first, mm-hmm. defending against Sasha, Nia Jax, and Charlotte. I loved how, usually I don't like how the champ comes out first. Mm. I liked it this time because every time someone else's entrance music hit, they showed Bailey mm. and she was like either like gulping, like yeah. trying to play up that underdog thing that we all love. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know, I just really like that. That was good. That, like they showed Nia and then they showed Sasha and then they showed Charlotte and Bailey's face every time was just like, oh no, fuck. She's yeah. like, she felt like, it looked like she felt like she was in over her head a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So uh, up at the on the ramp, Bailey entered. It looked like only one half of her Bailey buddies went up. She kind of tripped too. And well, because one of them was just like flopping across the entrance ramp, but then she gets down to the ring, and there was another bunch of the Sky Dancers behind the ring, which was cool. So yeah. bonus entrance there. Um, Sasha came down to the the ring down the enormous ramp. By the way, yeah, I haven't yeah. talked about how huge this entrance ramp was. Yeah, a great stage by the way. The ring looked great. The stage looked great. Like best looking. I love Mania in a couple the of years, shots I think. that they had when the, they were walking down the ramp and they showed, like, a side shot of yeah. them walking down the ramp and you could see, like, the crowd and just, like, this huge... Ah, oh, it's great. That's spider cam. Yeah. Um, the uh, Anyway, uh, 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 Sasha comes down to the ring on, a, like, a... It's like a Bentley golf cart or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was like, something. I don't know. Yeah. It looked like the carts from... A little bit like the carts from Wrestle... Or from Royal Rumble, but yeah. just dressed up a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was pretty cool. And then um, Charlotte entered with an amazing, like, peacock-inspired robe. Yeah, she looked And great. Uh, fireworks as well. Actually, Bailey got fireworks as well, yeah. which was cool. And uh, Nia, Jax, um, yeah, Nia Jax came out as well. And what? Did Nia get fireworks or anything? Or? I don't think so. No. no. Nia, Nia Jax was there. Um, it went like Nia came out first, then Sasha, then Charlotte. Yeah. Um, this this match was honestly better than I thought it was going to be as well. Way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. I like the story of them. They all teamed up to take on Nia. Yeah. To take her out. It was kind of like they the had story to. that yeah, the story we had in the Andre the Giant. Yeah. Uh, battle Royal because they were like, "Oh, we all got to team up and get Big Show and I mean, we, out of here." I mean, we said that in the last episode where you know, we were like, "So the three of them eliminate Nia and then they have a match." Right? Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, all three of them really had to work together to eliminate Nia. And including like a like a all three of them, they were doing like the shield move in the corner. Well, they did, no, they did. Almost. They did like a, I know, I remember they did, Charlotte did that boot. And yeah. And then Sasha and Bailey suplexed Nia mm-hmm. for one of the triple team moves. On like from the, from the turnbuckle. No, I don't think that this um, was just in the uh, middle of the Oh, uh, I'm talking about the turnbuckle spot. Uh, I don't remember the turnbuckle spot now. Slammed the mat by all Oh, three. yeah, they power bomber off the, off the turnbuckle. turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it reminded me of, of, the of when Dean and Seth would put someone up in Roman's arms and he would power bomb them. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they, they they like they slam Nia down from the turnbuckle, and then all three of them get on top of her, <laughs> and they and they pin one, two, three, and then and then. But it's just like that classic, like Nia's you have out. to get her out, but she still has to look like yeah, in, like strong, right? Like intimidating. So it's yeah. like, how do we make her look strong? It's like, oh well, all three of these top superstars need to get Nia out of here. So and then all three of them are standing in the ring, and Charlotte's like, hey, isn't that great? Right? <laughs> High five, guys, yeah. guys. And they both look at her like, we're not friends. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's like, oh. What I didn't like okay. about this Okay, like time? Charlotte actually looked like, 
she she was really high on on eliminating Naya. She's like, man, yeah. go us, because at times she's been friends with them, mm-hmm. right? And she had this like little flashback of like, yeah, guys, go team, and they were like. No? no? And she's like, oh, right, I guess I hate you. Yeah. What I didn't like about this, I love that part. Yeah. Because, like, anytime someone gets hung... I bet you're going to have the same complaint I am. Okay. <laughs> when she's like, all right, high five, and she's like, fine, you know what? Screw you two, you two fight. And then she just leaves the ring, yeah. and then Bailey and Sasha just start fighting. Yeah, like, <laughs> that bugged me as well. Wouldn't you just go after Charlotte? That like, was the same complaint I had. Yeah. She's like, fine, then you two fight. That was and my Bailey only and, minor gripe Yeah, Bailey match. and Sasha were like, oh. All right. I, I guess we're gonna fight now. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, you guys are friends. What? Yeah. Take her out first. Yeah. Anyway, so they do. Yeah. Um, oh, Charlotte hits a twisting holy shit. super moon salt. Like I can't, I can't think of the name. Uh, corkscrew moon salt. Corkscrew. <laughs> yeah, top yeah. rope corkscrew moon salt to the outside. It's impressive as fuck. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. I thought, well, I thought really it was just going to be like a regular moonsault. Me too. I was like, then she started doing all that flippy shit. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Osprey and Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining wrestling. Killing wrestling. Yeah. One spot at a time. Um, uh, man, I, I do like Sasha's double knee move. Yeah, I do dude, like that. It looks like it hurts. Well, I mean, but it, I bet you it doesn't. Yeah. Like, double knee from the top rope. Yep. Onto Charlotte. Um, and then Charlotte. Charlotte starts exposing. One of the turnbuckles. Yeah. She takes the padding off the, or like peels the padding partly away from one of the, the second rope turnbuckles, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's usually the top rope, which yeah. is which is kind of cool. Um, and the ref never goes to put it back on. You can't get DQ'd for that because there's no DQs in a triple threat or a fatal four-way, mm-hmm. but the ref never tries to fix it, which is weird. Yeah. But that's, you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, uh, hey, you know what they didn't mention this time? The what? percentage thing. Oh, yeah. You know, the champ only had, well, good, because it's dumb. <laughs> I'm glad. Anyway, the point is, uh, Charlotte um, drives Sasha into the exposed turnbuckle a couple minutes later, and Sasha's just out, and then uh, Charlotte pins her, and Sasha gets eliminated. So now it's, yeah. Do you subscribe to the conspiracy theory that someone at WWE watches this show? Is it a conspiracy theory? I don't know, <laughs> but I'd like to make it a conspiracy theory. Oh, sure. We heard Ultimate Phage Punch Extravaganza. I want to believe on SmackDown, and then yeah. uh, Corey Graves mentioned like the wrestling will continue until morale improves. Or he something. did not say that. He said something about morale will improve, and, and it was meant, it was in regards to some form of wrestling. I think what someone tweeted at me about. I didn't it. see that. And then there was another thing. There was one more thing. Somebody, but anyway. Man, they didn't mention get, the percentages, so there's got to be, there's got to be something. <laughs> we need a, um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, we need we need a shibboleth. The fuck is a shibboleth? That we can. It's it's like a vocal thing that it's like a vocal. Uh, it's like a code word. Oh, like, like a, when you told me about the Austin Aries banana thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need we need like a you know <laughs> something they can do something they can work in yeah. that would. That wouldn't seem completely out of place, but wouldn't make sense unless you were watching this show. Yeah. There's got to be something. I, I really think don't what. think anybody watches this show, but I don't it's think so either. To think but about now this is how the things lined now I'm trying up. to think of a show. There was another thing that somebody said, and people were like, "Oh, do they watch the show?" It's like, no, they don't. <laughs> but yeah, it's cute. Um, we jo- we joked, by the way. You know the okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know that. Image macro, the like, are you a wizard? Yeah. So <laughs> we started using that around the moon base for like um, 
like someone would like stub their toe or something, mm-hmm. and someone would be like, "Are you a wizard?" instead of "Are you okay?" Yeah. <laughs> right? And then it got to the point where it was like, someone said like, someone stubbed their toe again, and it was like, "Are you okay?" And like nailed themselves on something. And it was like, "Are you okay?" And they responded with, "I am a wizard." <laughs> Right, and so it's like we're like okay. If any of us ever get pod peopled, right? Yeah. That's our shibboleth, right? Oh, right yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the call and response is, "Are you okay?" Yeah. And you have to respond, "I am. A I am a wizard." <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I know you're actually Adam and not a pod person, right? <laughs> I'd be fucked because I didn't know about that game, and people would be like, "Well, Are now you okay? we." Like, well, now it's on the podcast, so it's know, useless anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the point is. The point is... You know the pod people are watching. The point is, if you can get I am a wizard into someone's dialogue somewhere... Yeah, then we know. <laughs> the truth is out there. Greg. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, that another point. I felt like Sasha getting eliminated like this was really weird. But I, didn't, I just didn't expect it. Oh, I think, I think it's fine. It, it, like it, this, this match felt like it needed to be longer. Um, that was true of a couple matches over the card, yeah. I think, uh, and that's just because there was a huge card and it's WrestleMania. Do you think this so. would have? They definitely fucked. By I mean, the way, if a writer or someone is listening to the show, I assume that like half the stuff we say, they're like, "Well, these guys don't know what they're talking about for X Y Z reason," which I expect. Yeah. But I hope that you know at least some of the things they're like, "Oh, that's an interesting interpretation of yeah. a, something that I had listen, not intended." Listen, you know? these two assholes. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, do you think that them? I don't want to say fucked up the booking, because I don't think they did. Mm. I think they did what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But, you mean, like, saving Bailey's big win. Right, because it's Charlotte and Bailey now, and Bailey wins. Sorry, I kind of remember. No, it's... (laughs) Yeah, Bailey wins. I can't even remember how she won. She just Bailey to Bellier? Um, I can't... I honestly can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. uh, Flying elbow, actually. Oh, right! She did the Macho Man elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie gets her in the figure eight, eight uh, four, four, tries to bridge into the figure eight, but Bailey drags herself to the bottom rope. And Charlotte's up on the top turnbuckle. Bailey gets Charlotte over her shoulder and tosses her into a back body drop. Bailey falls back and is stuck in the corner in the tree of woe, mm-hmm. uh, avoids a shot from Charlotte, and then Charlotte stumbles around for a bit and then, yeah, hits her with the, with the oh. Macho Man elbow mm-hmm. and wins off that, which is good because the Bailey to Bailey is like a little lackluster as a finisher. Yeah. It's just a belly to belly. It's a belly to belly suplex that everybody does. Yeah, Big E does them like four or five times a match. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind it. Like I, her, I, her I, weird like spinning around on top of the person. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know what it's supposed to look do, but that's like Coco Beware used to do that. Really? Yeah, spin on top of people. Yeah, that was yeah Coco Beware used to do that. But why? I don't know because he was a crazy parrot man. Oh, okay. Coco Beware needs to come to the ring with a parrot. That was his whole gimmick. Yeah, that was it. So anyway, Bailey wins. Yeah, Bailey won. Hooray! Everyone's happy. Kind yeah. of. So, uh, please give the like, Raw division more people. It was a good match. I thought, like, I, I, I thought it was a good match. I thought it, there was good in-ring storytelling in the match. I yeah. thought it was a good win for Bailey. Yeah, I still don't know why they they kind of just did had Bailey. The way they did. Do I don't know why they had Bailey retain at Fastlane. That doesn't make sense to me. But this was a good match. Yeah, because I picked Sasha to win this. So that was my pick, and that was way off. They uh, welcome the Hall of Fame class next. Oh yeah! Which this year the Hall of Fame class was Diamond Dallas Page, the Rock and Roll Express, yep. uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, for which his family was there because he's no longer with us. Teddy Long, uh, Eric Legrand, winner of the Warrior Award this mm-hmm. year, Beth Phoenix, and Kurt Angle. Hey, um, Kurt Angle! If you have a chance to watch the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, it's a pretty good watch. I don't yeah, know if you, I don't know if you I saw it. it yeah. um, 
I really liked DDP's speech. DDP's and, speech and Beth Phoenix's speech were great. Yeah. Um, uh, the Rock and Roll Express was two drunk men rambling for a few minutes, but Jim Cornette's induction speech of them was great. Yeah. Uh, though I did my favorite quote from the Rock and Roll Express during that was like, "By the way, we are still active." And our, <laughs> yeah. and our independent booking fee just went way up. I like the one where he's like, I got eight or eight daughters and sons and yeah. or nine, nine I got eight kids. kids and they have nine grandchildren. Yeah. The other guy was like, they all look like me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, creepy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, JBL and, and Ron Simmons uh, inducting Teddy Long was their their bit was really funny, yeah. and Teddy Long's bit was funny too. I like that Teddy Long was a very no nonsense. He's like, nope, I'm just going to come in, and same a bit, and get out of here. Yeah, pretty much. Which was which was cool. Um, yeah, yeah uh, uh, DDP and Beth Phoenix's speeches were really emotional yeah. and great, and like really really good. Kurt Angle's speech was sort of like just a best of Kurt Angle memes. I still liked it, though. which is it was great because I mean, he, he made a point right. I like the things I remember. Yeah. And his, <laughs> but, I like those things too. Exactly right, but uh, you know, I think the point was though he's like his whole point was just like you have to make don't be afraid to make an ass of yourself. Like if you're doing something that yeah. you think is going to make an ass of yourself because it might be the best thing to happen to your career, yeah. which is true because all that stuff that Kurt did was the stuff that we remember, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Kurt's matches were all great. But when you tell me Kurt Angle, the first thing I'm like, oh, when he drove it on the milk truck and sprayed down everybody, or yeah. um, doing the. Stuff with Edge and Christian, yeah, or the stuff with Stone Cold. It's just like I don't. The matches are like almost secondary. Mm-hmm. We apparently, went, apparently, we the, apparently, the cowboy hat thing mm-hmm. with Stone Cold and Vince wearing cowboy hats and Kurt wearing a little cowboy hat yeah. uh, was like in I want to say like San Antonio, like in an airport in Texas, and Stone Cold like saw the hats at a gift shop yeah. and then was, just started laughing to himself and was like, <laughs> "Oh, this will be great!" and went over and bought two regular hats and one tiny hat. Yeah. I was just like, "Hee hee 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 hee!" Kurt wear the tiny hat. <laughs> and apparently, it was just really it funny and it was great. It's a classic. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, check out the Hall of Fame ceremony. And we all got you. to cheer. You suck at Kurt Angle with his music. It's so weird. It's it, it's that's a term of endearment. It, it's. Weird how it, how endearing it is yeah. to hear a, a crowd full of people with the utmost respect yeah. chant "You suck." The way Kurt Angle's music goes, there's like a horn, and it goes like da da da, and they cheered "You, you suck, suck. <laughs> you, you suck. suck." Yeah, with the music, "You suck." But it is it is with utmost respect yeah. now because it's it's like. Hey, this is the chant from when you were an active wrestler. This is super when you were at popular. the top of your game. And yeah. this is like why we're doing it because like you are one of the best. Like Which it's is, weird. It's just like I can't really explain it. <laughs> it was just like the Luongo thing from hockey, right? People are they saying Lou or Boo? Well, in that case, they're saying Lou. This yeah. is they're literally chanting "You suck." Okay, fair enough. But they yeah, mean it. That's a bad example. <laughs> but I mean it in the best possible way. Yeah. Anyway, okay. The Raw Tag Team. Championship oh, yeah. ladder match. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last episode, yeah. and it went it went beautifully. Um, it went the exact opposite direction that anybody thought it was going to go. Mm, not quite. I mean, I we said this in the other last episode that yeah. I was like, well, you know, it's a ladder match, so maybe they debut. It, maybe I didn't think they would. So, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the club, yeah. defending against Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Versus Sheamus and Cesaro. We had guesses for who among those three would win it in the vacuum of those three being in the match. But they come out. They're ready in the ring. The bell's about to go. The announcers, uh, it's like Michael Cole or someone's like, all right, here we go. And then New Day's music hits. Yeah. 
a New Day come out in their ring gear. Yeah. They're not wearing all the ridiculous stuff they were wearing before. And they're like, we've just been informed in our capacity as hosts of WrestleMania that this match is now a fatal four-way ladder match for the titles. And, and, to, to and who? 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 <laughs> as soon as he said fatal four-way, though, the whole crowd started chanting delete. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, and who will that other team be? And they start, They Kofi takes off his hat and chucks it to the side, and they start walking down the ramp to the ring. It was just a, such a great fake out yeah. because, bam, the Hardy Boys music hits. I freaked the fuck out when this happened. I can't remember when Jeff left the company, or when Matt left the company. Jeff left in 2009. Mm-hmm. So it's been <laughs> eight years yeah. since either Hardy has been in the WWE, and they returned at WrestleMania. Yeah. And, man, the cr- crowd went Ballistic. Bonkers. Dude, if there was a roof on this place, that sound would have been so much louder. Like, yeah. It was an open-air stadium. Was, yeah. I would have loved to have heard that reaction yeah. inside a stadium. People were saying it was like one of the loudest pops they've ever heard. Yeah. I don't know if you can get the sound, like if you can risk running the sound on this, like when you show the clip. Yeah. But. Oh, man. Goal, it's on the WWE. Uh, Actually, yeah, there's a video. There's a video of it. On the YouTube channel, Just of the Return. Just of the Return. And just to hear the crowd's reaction is just like. Yeah. Unbelievable. So we talked about, again in the last episode, we talked about how the, the whole, the broken gimmick from TNA, uh, the Anthem believes that they own the broken gimmick and yeah. the idea of broken Matt Hardy and that whole thing. Uh, and they're still, that legal action is still ongoing. And so this was Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys, as their characters, the Hardy Boys from, you know, back in the yeah. day. Jeff looked like he basically never left. Mm-hmm. But Matt, was Matt still has like, a little bit yeah. of the brokenness in him. Yeah. He he tweeted that that uh the 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 joy from the 70,000 people might have healed some, <laughs> some of his wounds temporarily. Yeah. But basically so he still had his crazy shock of white hair, but his hair was pulled back a bit rather than puffed out. Yeah. And he still made the delete hand signal cuz yeah. you can't copyright that yeah. and he was still going wonderful yeah. the way and, he's like smiling and like walking around with his arms open like he's that. sort of being yeah. like a half measure between matt hardy who was just a guy and broken matt hardy who's this crazy you know um i don't even know how to describe the character he's a very very eccentric character yeah and jeff hardy looked exactly like jeff hardy was it was amazing yeah. yeah so yeah they're they're in this match they're in a ladder match the 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 the, the tag team that put ladder matches on the map. Yeah. And they're in the ladder match for the, the championship. The ladder match. Yeah. And it's huge delete chance through the whole the whole match. Yeah. Um, this was a super fun match. Oh, this match was so much fun. So many great spots in this yeah. match. Um, my favorite spots were... I mean, the Hardys just doing, like, their tag team stuff again was mm-hmm. great to watch. Cesaro... Like, everybody got to do something. Yeah, right. I think my favorite one of my favorite moves was uh, Enzo sets up a little ladder uh, in the middle of the ring, yeah. one, one of the one of the shorter ladders, and climbs up, and he can't reach oh, yeah. the titles because right. he uses a shorter ladder and he's not the tallest guy. So then Cass comes up behind him on the ladder and lifts him up yeah. so he can reach it's the like titles. Puts him on his shoulders and like yeah. hikes him up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, and it doesn't quite work because they get they get interrupted. Yeah. Um, so that was sweet. Cesaro and Sheamus did the Cesaro swing and the the beats the of the ten, yeah the beats whatever. of the Bodron or whatever it's is called. That what it's called? Yeah, I that's what they the call it now. Um, but they did it in time to with each other. to Anderson and Gallows. Yeah, 
respectively. Yes, it was because Cesaro was spinning Anderson, who's the smaller of the two. Yeah, <laughs> which is good. Um, uh, Matt hits a twist of fate off the ladder. Yeah, he does. Gal or Anderson. I think so. Or is it Enzo? The hit, like the first thing that happens in the match is that they hit poetry in motion on the club. Yeah, which is cool. Um, what else? I felt like the ladders were like not the central focus of this. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what I like about this though? There was a bit where they set up, which was nice. Like I'm not even saying it was like a negative. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, it's a ladder match, but they weren't the dominant factor. I, I liked when Matt and Jeff were outside the ring trying to put ladders in the ring. And they were holding them sideways and about to slide them in the ring. And then they got attacked from either side by, I can't remember exactly who, but they, they both get sandwiched between the ladders yeah. and to sort of fall through. And it's like, so then they've set up that these two ladders are there, like sort of naturally without yeah. someone being like, I'm just going to put this ladder between the ring and the barricade for no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. There's, at least they made it like a good excuse of why it was like that. Right? Yeah. Rather than just like, because usually in these matches, like they set up something and then they just straight up walk away from it. And you know, like something's going to like, I mean, something's going to happen over there. Right. Yeah. Or that's usually where the finish of the match just takes place. So, yeah, yeah, Matt hit a twist of fate on Anderson off the top of the ladder, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And then Jeff climbs, Jeff. like, this 40-foot ladder. Jeff Hardy back like he never left. And does a swanton. Swanton bomb onto Seamus and Cesaro, catching Seamus but destroying Cesaro yeah. and breaking Cesaro's ladder. Because yeah. Seamus and Cesaro are now lying on that ladder setup. And yeah, Jeff with the swanton bomb from the top, the very top of the ladder. He's standing on the do not step step. Yeah. Get OSHA a, in here. That's a... Send for the man. What's the damage modern fire from the normal step to the do not step step? Ooh. <laughs> I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, like it's more damage, right? Yeah. That, that's, it's not even just a height thing. It's like there is an actual psychological damage, right? Exactly. Like, oh, God. He's on the don't step it's got step. A, at least 64%. He's on the no step step. Minimum. 64%. <laughs> and yeah, swanton just... Like, initially I was like, man, Seamus didn't get any of that. And in the replay, it's like, no, he gets, like, whipped completely with Jeff's legs. But Jeff goes right through Cesaro. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would feel like. And just the night before, the Hardys had a ladder match at Ring of Honor, which is an independent wrestling promotion. With the Young Bucks. With the Young Bucks. So they had two ladder matches two nights in a row, which is... By the way, the Hardys, like, self-proclaimed quest for gold. Yeah. After leaving TNA, yeah, went pretty damn well. They yeah. won that. They won the tag titles in like five different promotions in the space of a month, something like that. Yeah. Because after Jeff hits the Swanton Bomb, Matt climbs back up the ladder and wins. And wins. The I mean, Hardys, they had to win if they were coming back. The right? Hardy Boys are the tag team champions in 2017. This is how you use a part timer or That's like amazing. make a return. Right? They're not even yeah. part timers. They're. I think they're back on full time. Yeah. But it's funny how we're okay with this, but like a Goldberg thing or like a. You know, we're all upset about it. We're not, we're not all upset about no, it. No, not upset about it, but yeah. But it's, this is like, it felt right, yeah, you know? Like, we were okay with it. Just because I think of how popular the broken gimmick is and how much work the Hardys did outside of WWE to come back. Yeah. And still, and we all appreciate, regardless, like, we as wrestling fans all appreciate, like, a good character or a good gimmick or something yeah. that's fun. Because right? they were, again, they, they were the tag champs in the space of a month. They've been the tag team champions in... TNA, ROH, and WWE, and like at least two other smaller promotions that I don't know about, mm-hmm. that I don't recall offhand. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But they're back now. They're back. And they have some independent dates to finish up Yeah, as well, which the WWE is... We're not sure about, like, I don't think they're going to go 
right away they're not going to be as batshit crazy as they were in TNA. Like, we're not going to get any final deletion or anything. No, because, again, the broken gimmick, I mean, uh, frankly, I don't think WWE wants them to do the broken gimmick. Um, I think, I think Matt, I think they should let Matt do it. Yeah. Because, so, first of all, Jeff is super over. Uh, Jeff's always been over. Yeah. Like, Jeff is way more over than Matt. They know that, and they're okay with it. But Jeff was selling tons of merch when they were there before. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, um, Matt, uh, I think it is to Matt's benefit to have the broken gimmick, and I hope that they can work it in slowly at this point, basically. Because the thing is, the majority of viewers are not going to know about it, yeah. right? So start from the Hardy like we Boys. we get a fresh storyline, like a fresh yeah. broken storyline? like if we Basically, get- have a rift between them and then have Matt become broken Matt Hardy. And they don't need to go the whole Brother Nero final deletion angle with it, yeah. but to give Matt a character. I've always felt like, because Jeff has always been popular, right? Because yeah. he's just, he's got that it thing, the yeah. intangibles that we always, that they always talk about. Yeah. And it feels like, to me, Matt, I'm not an expert and I don't know them personally, but Matt always seemed to come across as more the thinker of the two. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one that, you know, comes up with these ideas and yeah. stuff like that. And He's not afraid to just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, which I think is admirable, and it's stuff like that in wrestling that I like. And I, I mean, like we're—I think we are kind of an outlier, but maybe not so much. Is that we like like the really silly stuff, like mm-hmm. the weird, yeah. shitty, like schlocky stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like we, maybe we're not the best people to be like, "Hey, do you want this?" And we're like, "Yeah, hell yeah, we want this." Like, let them go nuts. You yeah. know? Maybe a lot of people don't. Maybe the casual fan doesn't. I'm not saying, like, people who just watch every now and again, like, maybe they're like, this is dumb. Like, I don't want to watch this. Because like, I think a lot of people would look at this broken gimmick happening and be like, this is too corny. Yeah. And I don't want that. I don't watch wrestling for that, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. If it's us, just let them have free reign, right? Then Hardy Boys in 2017. <laughs> and at one point, the Hardy Boys were your tag team champs and Goldberg was your universal champ. Yeah, because they hadn't had the match yet so. <laughs> in 2017. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Next match was John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. How good was the promo package for this match? Oh yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. A plus. Loved it. This was a shorter match than I expected. Yeah. But. And it's not the result I wanted. No, and it's not the result that really made sense to me. Because, yeah. so, um, brief aside, great to see Maurice back in the ring. Yeah. Um, she was great. She was good. Um, I mean, honestly, everyone, all four of these performers are great, so there's no problem with that. Like, yeah. they can all put on a good show. Um, but the match was, um, it was Miz beating the shit out of Cena for, like, this was like a 10-minute match, and it was Miz beating the shit out of Cena for, like, eight of those minutes. Yeah. And then Maurice and Nikki having some back and forth, and then Cena and Nikki win suddenly. Yeah. It was like five-knuckle shuffle into attitude adjustment slash rack attack 2.0, and that was it. And the crowd was firmly behind Miz for this whole match. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We were like, please, Miz, win. But I think the whole, the storyline of this match with going into it was, I mean, we were supposed to be booing Miz and Maurice Mm -hmm. because they are trying to rub in the fact that they are married to John and Nikki. Yeah, and since we as wrestling fans will always gravitate more towards the stuff that we find more entertaining, mm-hmm. the Miz was infinitely more, and it's against John Cena. Yeah, so it's like the Miz has been super entertaining this whole time. We want Miz to win because it feels like he's been working the hardest. Quote unquote. The, the 
The turning point also is that uh, Miz got cocky and like got up in Nikki's face and was like, yeah. and then Nikki slapped him. That's what it was. And he got yeah. so that like dazed him for a bit. Enough time for Cena to throw him over the rope, and then they did. They did a synchronized uh, five knuckle shuffle. Yep. To their respective opponents, finisher, and then into their finishers. Into the right, into the. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that the the attitude adjustment and the rack attack have the same setup. Yep. Yeah. In fact, they're very similar moves. Yeah. They're both like a fireman's carry into some kind of slam. Yeah. But anyway, no, the, 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 the rack attack 2.0. 2.0. Can't do the old rack attack because her neck's fucked. Yeah. So I think the, I think this was Nikki's last match. Was it? I think they're alluding. They alluded to that, or something? I don't think it was. No. No. Well, the I whole, don't know. Anyway, and then after this match happened, guess what? John Cena. John proposed. Cena proposed. <laughs> so I, my guess on this, which I think I said last All time, that time we spent covering Total Bells has paid off. <laughs> my guess <laughs> is that is that they had decided some time ago, possibly months or a year ago, they had decided to get married, and that John legitimately proposed, yeah. and that they kept that super quiet, presumably between just themselves and management, for the benefit of the storyline on Total Bellas, because the ongoing like tension on that show is, will John Cena ever propose to Nikki Bella? Yeah. And so then allowing them to use it. In, like I do not believe that this was the time when literal John Cena actually proposed like actual person to, what did he say? He used her real name. Yeah, like I can't remember Stephanie what it was. Perez, whatever. Something, like, something, something. I, like, I do not for a moment believe that, that this was a surprise yeah. and that this was the legitimate proposal. Yeah. Uh, that said, from a storyline, it was great. It was cute. Yeah, I, even I was like, I can't boo him. I still think, I still think it would have been a better story if Miz, if Miz and Maurice had won. If Miz and Maurice had won, yeah. and then John and John could have been like, Hey, you know, like what if none of that matters? Because because like if guess Maurice, what? Maurice pins Nikki and Nikki's like, ah, oh, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel so heartbroken. And like, right. look, it's okay, baby. Yeah. Dropped to the knee. Here's a rock the size of a house. Yeah, dude. That I can't believe he wrestled the whole match with that in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> there might have been a place for them to sneak it in to hand it to him, but maybe. It, but uh, the whole time when he pulled it out, I was like, it was in his pocket. <laughs> what if he got kicked in the pocket and it bent the ring or some shit? Like, oh what, man. What if you had to like roll on that? It'd be like landing on your keys. <laughs> like ah, <laughs> it just stops. Like ah. What's the damage what's modifier? The on an engagement ring, engagement in, your ring in the pocket. Ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it was a match. It was just to fuel this storyline. I think they were like hoping maybe people would be crying in the crowd and stuff. But I think some people probably were. We've moved. Maybe. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. This, man, probably. this is going to be such a great episode of Total Bellas. I've never seen an episode, but I assume, uh, right? Yeah. I assume that for the people who watch Total Bellas, this will be. Like shout out to the crowd episode. for not fucking shitting all over it too. Yeah, they wow, because they like, really could have. They could have. <laughs> yeah, they could have been like boo or like booing, but they, there were some boos. Yeah. But people were just like, oh yeah, okay, all right. All right. <laughs> like, oh, they're happy. Warm the cold, frozen hearts of wrestling fans everywhere. <laughs> no, it's a good segment. Like I said, like storyline wise, that like I, that I don't actually believe that was a real. That this was the moment of the actual proposal. Yeah, I do believe they're legit getting married. I just don't believe this is the actual moment of the proposal. I um, refuse to believe that someone is that fucking stupid, like Nikki, to be that dumb to not know that she was getting married. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like that's the thing that drives me. Is like I can't believe this is this is real because I refuse to believe that Nikki Bella is that stupid. Yeah. To know, like, oh my god, <laughs> like, what? Yeah. But 
Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I guess, I mean, it's... God, wouldn't it be funny if they actually just weren't getting married? Yeah. And this, this, what, this was all for storyline? Yeah, it was all work. Because that could also be no, possible. No, it's not. It, no, it, they're getting but, married. Yeah, but that could be. It could be, it but could I don't be. think it is. They've done fake weddings in WWE before. Yeah. And they've always gone great. Just like pregnancy angles. Pregnancy mm-hmm. stories always work. No on-air wedding has ever not ended in disaster. In the Wait. WWE. Was there one? Didn't Macho Man and Elizabeth get married and nothing happened? Oh, SummerSlam. Yeah. A match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Right. Because, oh, I think like Macho and Elizabeth got married because this was after WrestleMania 7 right. when Macho Man had to retire because he got beaten by Ultimate Warrior. And then fucking, uh, they got married at SummerSlam and I don't think anything happened. Someone's going to correct me or I'm going to go home and I'm going to be like, I'll check it. Because Hogan had a match against somebody and that was the match made in hell. It was like him versus what, like Legion of Doom or something? No, or? it was against somebody else. Maybe oh, it was against okay. Slaughter or Sergeant Slaughter or somebody. Somebody, I can't huh. remember. Anyway, I think that wedding went off without a hitch. Fair enough. Next, the non-sanctioned match oh, yeah. between Triple H and Seth Rollins Yep. for bragging rights, basically. And a feud. Exactly like you called it, the promo package for this was awesome. Yep. And it made the story look cohesive and fluent. Yep. <laughs> like fluid, you know? If you just pretend that it didn't take place over like eight months, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you pretend that like it all happened in the last like four months yeah. and that the first the first like five months weren't like nothing going on. Then or it sure. wasn't like something happened and then five months of nothing. Yeah, exactly. And then they tried to yeah. grab it all in. Yeah. Um, Triple H's entrance is much more muted this year because he's not in like a title match. It's yeah. uh, much more muted. It's uh, six Orlando police motorcycle officers accompanying him to the ring as he and Steph ride a giant three-wheel motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, do you know why they drove a giant motorized tricycle to the ring? Nope. Because he wrecked his quad. Shoutouts to whoever it was on Twitter who made that joke, because that joke was great, and I can't oh, I can't believe I've been sitting on that one. Oh, that one's great. I can't believe you hadn't seen that. No, I had. Yeah, they had to drive a three wheel because Triple H directed his quad. I tweeted, "Creator, destroy your law enforcer." Yeah, right. <laughs> What's with the cops yeah. bringing him to the ring? Yeah, because he's a badass and he can only be contained by law enforcement. He's got like the headlight had like the Iron Cross on it. Yeah, Steph was sitting like on top of the back seat. I don't know. Yeah. In like the tightest vinyl pants. Yeah. Wow. Those tidy vinyls. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they, like they they both like they both look great. Their outfits were like dude. How pretty could terrific. Tri- if I can look ten percent as good as Triple H does Jeez. at his age, the man he looks better than he did when he was like a full time wrestler. Yeah. I wonder the what guy I... posts like midnight work. The guy's a machine. I he mean, sleeps like an hour a day. I mean, also, as you say, when he was a full time wrestler, because he's not a full time wrestler, he has more time to. Well, he doesn't, though. Guys he also, being a part-time wrestler, doesn't get drug tested. Ooh. <laughs> he's surely on, he's surely using something, right? I think so. Like testosterone or maybe some sort of, some kind of legal and fine PED, and why not? I'm I don't not care. there in case Triple H busts through the door and starts beating the piss. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say shit! <laughs> I don't care, though, right? Yeah. I don't, like. That's fair. Like, Yeah. As long as it's something that's not, like, harmful to him, I yeah, don't care. Yeah, like, yeah. I never want someone to do something that's bad for them. But, yeah, yeah. You know. I get it. 
Anyway, yeah. Triple H, I never said shit. <laughs> they look great. Uh, cool entrance. Yeah. Seth's outfit's cool, too. Yeah, he's wearing like this gold outfit. Yeah, really he comes great. out he with a torch. On the side. He comes out with a torch yeah. and like touches it to the ramp and then yeah. like fire goes all the way down to the ring and up the... I don't think they shot this very well. Like, I think this would look rad in person when you can see the wide view of the fire racing down the ramp and then up the pillars beside the ring. But the way that they cut together the shots, it was sort of like, oh, I bet that would look cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I liked it, though. So, so non-sanctioned match, which also means no DQ, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's just a non. If it's non-sanctioned, does it not count as a win and a loss? You know what I mean in the record books. I don't know. That's what I was thinking the Who whole time. Who keeps track like, of this? Well, I just yeah, I don't. Someone I don't get know. William Regal on the phone. But they only have a win and a loss record like on their Wikipedia pages and stuff. Like I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure that this shouldn't count as a win for whoever wins this match and a loss because it's non-sanctioned since it's not viewed by the WWE. Machine as an actual match, it shouldn't count as an actual result. So if Seth Rollins gets a title shot, if they say right. because you beat Triple H, you get a title shot, I'm going to be the one guy crying bullshit because this is unsanctioned and it never counted. Let me check ProFight DB, the <laughs> Internet Wrestling Database. Um, so uh, the entry for WrestleMania, of course, says Seth Rollins defeated Triple H in unsanctioned match. But let's go to, um, it just says match type unsanctioned. So they have it. I mean, it's in there, but this is just like a record of all the wins. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, in storyline is really what we want. Yeah. We don't want. That's all I'm caring Because that website is just to actually track. The actual stats. But if they say, ever in yeah. one of these coming up weeks of Raw, if they say, Rollins, you get a title shot because you beat Triple H. It's like, well. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to go on a one-man crusade. Get this. Match stricken from the record books. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. This match was great. This is my second best match of the night. Yeah. I think. It was the second longest well, match actually, of the night. Well, actually, it was worse than the tag match. But it was, like, close. This and the tag match were probably tied. I did feel like like the, the match's, like, storytelling was great because yeah. it was just Triple H attacking the knee, right? So your top three matches are probably this, the ladder match, and AJ and Shane? I'd actually throw Goldberg and Lesnar in there just because it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, yeah, I have some thoughts about that, too. Um, But this match was, like, sweet because it was just Triple H being the cerebral assassin, attacking Rollins' knee. But the only thing I didn't like was Rollins kept on doing, like, these really death-defying, like, stupid shit. And then he'd act like his knee was hurt. And then he'd go do another... Well, they were. I mean, <laughs> they, they even talked about that. That like he he was doing like the move that injured his knee originally, yeah. and it was like to me that felt like Seth was just going in basically like I have to win this at all costs. I have nothing to lose. I have to do these moves even if it hurts me. Okay, you know, like I've just gotta, I've got to do everything I can. Yeah, it's fair. This is like watching him do like when he tried to he did the sunset flip where he originally hurt his knee. Yeah, exactly. And then he landed. He's like, ah, oh, my leg, and then. Like, maybe, like, three minutes later, he's, like, doing a Phoenix splash off the top rope, and it's just, like, all right. I mean, it's not three minutes later, but I mean, like... Yeah. And he did, like, a suicide dive over the top, like, outside, and he, like, landed on He's like, ah, oh, my knee. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, I get it. Like, your Tope knee hurts. Tope suicida. Tope mama mia. I miss Morrow. What? I miss Morrow, too. Yeah. Though Tom Phillips did a great job. He was a great, yeah. Tom yeah. Phillips is great. We've known that for a long time, though. Yeah. Did you see um, Michael Cole posted to Instagram, I think it was, that... Uh, uh, up until now, only five, four people have called lead commentary on at at WrestleMania. Really? And now Tom Phillips is number five. 
Huh. Like, up until now, it was like Vince, Gorilla Monsoon, JR, and Michael Cole. Wow. Are the only people who have called lead commentary on WrestleMania. And, and now also Tom Phillips. So good for That's him. That's a good bunch of company to be in. Right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Triple H Raw, it's a fun match. I felt like maybe it was a little bit too long. Or just like, it felt like it dragged a lot. It did go on a while. Yeah. Um, at one point, Rollins goes outside the ring and sets up a table. Yeah. Note for later. And then goes under and gets like some chairs, I think. Yeah. And uh, they start fighting with chairs. Um, at one point, Triple H puts the chair around the knee and yeah, starts stomping on starts it. Stomping on it. Uh, he puts him in, is it a leg lock outside, outside the ring? Yeah, it's like a figure four, it's a leg lock of some kind, and Rollins is like reaching under the ring. He's just, to try to he's find just randomly scrabbling. <laughs> and he fucking pulls the sledgehammer out, like, and it goes, whoop, just right goes beside over Triple, Triple H. H. He's like, he's like, he, he's like, it's funny he's like, pulling on the leg, and then he sees the sledgehammer, and he's like, Oh, the best part of this was he sees the thing and then like off camera, Rollins is throwing shit at Triple H and he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something hits him. He's like, ah. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. It made me laugh. It was just like, oh. <laughs> it's still shit's like kind of like softly like coasting towards Triple H's dome. Yeah. And he grabs the sledgehammer and he's because like, that's Triple H. For those who don't know, Triple H's sledgehammer is like his thing. That's his yeah. Excalibur. That's his his one weapon that he uses when he really wants to put the hurt do on we have somebody. A, do we have a pedigree count for this match? Because they tried, or sorry, or attempt? a, an, an attempted pedigree count. I think it's like only around a half a dozen. Like okay. not as many as you. Because of course, trip, the pedigree is Triple H's uh, finishing move from from way back when yeah. he was actually. It's called the pedigree because he was a Connecticut blue blood. Yeah. Right, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, Seth Rollins uses the pedigree because. Basically, Triple H like bequeathed it to him, and so they go back and forth on pedigrees over and over again. But I mean, yeah. I like, thought for sure Rollins was going to win this with the curb stomp, like it was coming back. I kind of hoped for that, yeah, but it's never coming but back. So I, I hope for either that or what ended up happening, which is I thought you'd be really happy with this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, 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 this I am. Great. Yeah. That, I'm not uh, saying you were unhappy. No, no, that Seth. When I saw it happen, I was like, that one's for Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, Seth eventually beat Triple H with the pedigree. Yeah, yeah. but also. Stephanie got her comeuppance. Yes. Now she got some comeuppance. So here's the thing. Yeah. I, I actually have I actually have a thought about that. Okay. So okay, uh, they get back in the ring. Seth gets the sledgehammer away from Triple H. Yeah. He's going to go use it. He swings it back. Steph jumps up on the ring apron and pulls that sledgehammer away from him. Yeah. And so she's standing on on the apron. Triple H runs it. Rollins. He moves out of the way, and Triple H almost runs all the way into Steph. There's a great reaction from the crowd when that almost happened too. Yeah. And then Rollins hits Triple H with a super kick. Yeah. Triple H falls backwards, bumps into Steph on the ring apron, who then falls off and goes through the table yeah. uh, at ringside, which was pretty sweet. So props to Steph for taking a table bump, because that's, you know, last year the spear, this year a table bump, you know. She gets one come up into a year. Next year she'll be taking a flaming table shot, and the year after that, off the hell in a cell! <laughs> <laughs> Mick Foley's going to get at her with a cheese grater. Yeah. <laughs> so that was sweet, and I did like that. Yeah. Um, my, my 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 only issue with the read of ah there's Steph getting her comeuppance is that um, sure Steph got comeuppance from Seth but never from right? anyone who actually but never for any of the other people that she spent all year yeah. berating yeah. right she's never gotten like yeah it's never been meaningful. but I mean like if that's the case like everyone would be kicking the shit out of her every week <laughs> like it's like exactly you all get comeuppance exactly it's like, oh god which which if that's what needs to which, if that's what needs to happen to make 
what that character is doing work, then maybe it's a badly written character. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. I know. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just but, saying. But, no, going through the table was sweet. I think she gets her one thing a year. Yeah, right? and then... Rollins hits a pedigree. Yeah, because Triple H is so stunned by having put Steph through a table yeah. that he turns around into a pedigree, which connects. Yeah. And uh, Rollins wins the match, as as we said, as he had to. He had to win this, this match. This storyline would have been... I did think that there was a chance that he could lose it, though. But, like, this storyline would have made literal no sense and been an utter waste of months and of everything that Seth and Triple H have been doing leading up to it if Triple H is just like, see, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been so bad. Am I fucking going over? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then um, there was a oh. brief concert. Oh, yeah, Pitbull. Pitbull with... And a bunch of other people I've never heard of. Pitbull with uh, Stephen Marley. Um, is that Bob Marley's? One of them. One yeah. of Bob Marley's kids, yeah. Flo Rida and Lunch Money Lewis to perform the song we've been hearing for months and indeed dozens of time already today, yeah. uh, Green Light. Green Light. The... Pitch of the Green Light. So, like... I was listening oh, to this song oh. during this concert because yeah. this, this is the first time I heard like the full song and I'm like, are they describing a game of like Sexual red light, green light. I don't know. Is that what the song is about? Listen to the song because it's like red light, stop. Green light, go. Red light, stop. And it's like, give me the green light, baby. You like put your hand on someone's. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, go. Stop. They've turned red light, green light into like a club hit. Like I was like, is that that is what the song is, isn't it? This must be. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. It's very weird. I'll do some homework anyway. uh, While while us watching at home, we're like. Eh. Uh, I was I saw tweets from multiple multiple people who were on site being like, "Look, I know it's cool to like shit on the musical performance of WrestleMania, but you have no idea how much everyone in the arena is thankful for a chance to go to go for a piss." Yeah, dude, <laughs> I was thankful. I was like, "Oh, I get to get up." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. yeah, it was nice. All right, four matches left. Jesus, man, we were doing like a running countdown of like, wait, how many matches are left? Wait, where's the? What happened to the SmackDown women's match? Yeah. Anyway, I thought they had cut it. I was worried about that. Because now it's the WWE Championship. The match they continually referred to as the main event of WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt defending against Randy Orton. This was the coolest storyline going into the show. Yeah. And they did not deliver. Nope. This was like the only, like I've been, I've been critical of things throughout the show that we've been talking about so far, but overall I've been enjoying it and, you know, having, having a complaint here and there doesn't mean that things were unenjoyable. This match I was really disappointed by, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, right? It was like, why can't Bray Wyatt just win at WrestleMania? Why is that such a hard thing? I thought he had to. I thought for sure. Because there was the whole... So, yeah, Randy wins this match in, like, a real surprise. It's a short, it wasn't even a long match. It was, it was like a five, short was match. Was it, like, five minutes? Uh, it was, like, ten. I don't uh, know. It felt like it was way shorter. Dude, but I did, like... I, you know what? A lot of people hated this, but I loved the little ring things they did. It was ten minutes, yeah. So, so yeah, so the whole thing was that, like, Randy destroys Sister Abigail and... Uh, or her remains, and Bray's like, "Oh, you've now made me new powers. You've now made me more powerful than ever." And I was like, "Perfect. This will be good. <laughs> yeah. Let me see those new powers." So what happened was like, 
Bray, when he does his like upside down stuff in the corner, then like the ring, they like projected this macro video of maggots on the ring. And it's like, okay, pause. Yes, that's hokey. So is everything The Undertaker's ever done, right? The reason that it worked is because people acted like it worked, right? And this happens a couple times over the course of the match. Uh, It's like maggots and, and... cockroaches and earthworms and stuff get displayed on the ring when when why it does that and it doesn't seem to affect Randy very much. No, not really. I mean, Randy like sells a little bit when he like he's, happens. He's like oh, he's like oh, he's oh. like kind of surprised. He's like oh that was weird. Yeah. But like it looks like Randy acts like he's surprised that video is being is being <laughs> displayed on the ring. Not that he's acting like Bray actually has some kind of power, right? Yeah. And. So now, now it looks like a hokey effect. Yeah. If they'd played it more and the announcers had sold it more and Randy had sold it more, it would have landed as more of a thing, right? Like, Kane makes Pyro go off. Yeah. But it's, he's, it's a thing, right? It's meant to be like he has firepower. Undertaker makes lightning happen, yeah. right? Undertaker appears from the mists, <laughs> right? And it's like, it's, of course it's hokey, but everyone, everyone... On the show, all the characters and personalities on the show buy into it. Yeah. And it feels like no one's buying into Bray, which makes him look stupid. And so it's like, I would have been fine with all of the stuff in the ring if Bray had won. Yeah. But the last one, he does it the third time, and it's cockroaches everywhere, and then like 10 seconds later, RKO, one, two, three. Yeah. Luke Harper doesn't do anything. Eric Rowan shows up on the following nights on the following Tuesday's SmackDown. Yeah, with a new mask. Nice to see him back. Yeah. But like, there was nothing from the family, which is fine. I was I would be okay with Bray doing a match on his own. Yeah. If it if they were able to make him look. Do you think like this it is payback made sense. for when Randy got his fucking dome rung by Brock at SummerSlam? No. <laughs> like this is like Randy's gift. I don't think so. I think. I, think so. I, I really. Know. This is the one instance I, I, where I, I wanted to know what. What their goal was, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what like, were we supposed to think after this? Or so, what, what did what did they think was going to happen? So, like, I recall from when we were at the Royal Rumble that Randy is like way more over than we thought. Yeah, like he's he's, he's so over. Yeah. He's super popular. Um, and it's so surprising. it surprised the fuck out of me. Yeah, so like I understand, you know, like he's basically he's basically the top face on SmackDown. Because if Cena's not going to be around for a while... I mean, you'd argue AJ is, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as but. the show is presenting it... Yeah. Because just because people cheer for AJ doesn't mean that the show is not presenting him as a heel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More on the reverse of that later. So, like, I get wanting Randy to be your champion, but all the work in this storyline that's been going on for a long time... So here... Okay, I'm going to actually contradict myself now, cause here, because here's the other side of that, mm-hmm. is that... This is the payoff for the storyline of Randy infiltrating the Wyatt family and breaking it apart from the inside. Yeah. And then, you know, now leaving Bray alone and supposedly powerless over Randy, he succeeded. Right? So it was like the six months ago, that promo about how a snake waits so that he can eventually kill the rabbit and the man, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, promo and the, the, like, if you can't beat him, join him, 
or and then when they trust you, screw them. Yeah, you know. So it's like, uh, if this story was purely about good guy Randy Orton going against the odds to try and break down the diabolical Wyatt family from the inside and breaking everything apart and then ultimately becoming successful and getting the champion from this demon patriarch Bray Wyatt, yeah. then then this would be a great ending to that story. Yeah. But I didn't think that's the story they were telling. No. Right? Like, I... It... They, they were telling that story, but it seemed like the focus was on Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Right? And... They, like, Randy was like, I've desecrated uh, Sister Abigail's remains. You've lost your powers. And Bray's like, no, you haven't. I'm actually more powerful more powerful than ever before. Yeah. And then, oh, I guess, no, I wasn't. Yeah. That's the part that stung the most for me. It was like, I'm stronger. And then we get to WrestleMania. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's summoning bugs and worms and shit. And then he just gets RKO'd. And it's like, Randy doesn't seem to give a shit about it. No. He really didn't care. Yeah. I was like, please. Yeah, this is definitely this. And, and at this point, too, it was like it took me a little while to kind of regroup emotionally yeah. from this because I was so invested in this storyline and like it didn't go the way that I liked it. And that's that's fine for stories if it's done well. Yeah. But this was neither done well nor the result I wanted. Yeah. Like it was it was an average match. Yeah. And the finish really fell flat. In terms of like in ring stuff, but as a payoff to this storyline, I mean, to be fair, it I don't is know. Still I guess, going. I guess, I guess they thought they were telling a different story than than I felt like they were presenting. Yeah, well, I mean, like this week on SmackDown, Bray Wyatt challenged Randy to a, a House of Horrors match. No indication on what that is. He's like, I challenge you to a House of Horrors match, and Randy's like, Okay, I don't know what the hell that is, but sure. Yeah, and then he gets attacked by a returning Eric Rowan. I want hokey stuff, though. I hope it's hokey as fuck. But then they had a tag match, didn't they, with Wyatt and Rowan versus uh, Harper and Orton. Orton. I hope Harper comes back around at some point. Though Harper's kind of over. Like, chat was cheering for Harper, too. Yeah. Chat? Chat. Crowd. The crowd was cheering. (laughs) Hey, chat. Man, I I was streaming magic all day. (laughs) How, How are you, chat? Tell me, tell me in the comments below. Now I'm just picturing the WWE Network with chat. Oh, oh. Man, I don't like oh. watching. I don't like watching uh, Magic the Gathering um, with chat. I don't watch any Twitch stream with chat up. Yeah, don't. Except ours. Yeah, twitch.tv slash Run. <laughs> yeah, this match was just. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. they can't all be good, right? I mean, it sucks. No. Just I don't. I'm not saying like, hey, roll over and just accept that. No, these matches can be bad, but there's going to be some misses. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm like, in my opinion, this match in the ring was kind of. Average, I think the finish fell flat with the in the match, like what had been set up in the match. It just sort of came out of nowhere and there wasn't really like an in-ring flow yeah. to the match that I think was, was great. And I thought it was a, a bad sort of culmination to what had been set up so far. Yeah. But next match, the Universal Championship. Yeah, it didn't go last. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Yep. I really enjoyed this match. Dude, this match was so much fun. It makes, I really liked this it match. Ma- it makes a weird amount of sense to me that a match that was predicated by a video game, yeah, right, 
that like started as a result of the WWE 2K17 looked like a video, video game, game match, yeah. looked like two people playing a video game and just spamming their power moves. That's a really good point. Like it, that's what it looked like. Was that's just great. these two. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar. I'm going to pick Goldberg. All right, spear, 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 <laughs> suplex, suplex, spear, suplex, jackhammer, F5." <laughs> it was four and a half minutes. It didn't need to be any longer. It was perfect. Thank God it wasn't any shorter. Yeah. But yeah, it was just these two giant, like, <laughs> I love like that video game analogy. Giant, yeah, giant. giant, giant in personality, giant physically, just like these larger than life characters, yeah. just. Literally spamming their power moves at one another, yeah. and uh, it was—you know what? It was super entertaining. You know, when you're like a kid and you play a fighting game against your sibling, and you just find out the one move, and you just do it over and over again. Yeah, That's basically. It. So yeah, it was uh, Lesnar hit a bunch of suplexes. Goldberg hit some spears. Um, Gold- Lesnar kicked out of the jackhammer, which I didn't think he was going to do. Yeah. And, Goldberg couldn't believe it either. Yeah, and then Lesnar fucking suplexed Goldberg out of his shoes about ten times. Uh, Goldberg go- went for the spear, and Lesnar jumped over oh, it. Yeah, fucking leapfrogged it. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was impressive as hell. And then Lesnar wins it with an F5. And yeah. Brock Lesnar, the beast, he's back. He hit 10 German suplexes total yeah. over the course of the match. And then, yeah, got it. Got there. He got there. I mean, he's 2-1 and one against Colbert, but nobody gives a fuck anymore. I like how people were like, oh, it didn't even matter if Lesnar wins because he's still 2-1. And, and then Lesnar won and we're all just like, yeah, Lesnar! <laughs> we don't, nobody cares. <laughs> he yeah. just beat the piss out of him. Yeah. Lesnar definitely won that match, though. Yeah. It was like a very definitive win. So Goldberg's... Uh, Gone? Yeah. Goldberg's done. He, uh, on the Raw the next night, he, uh, he said goodbye. Um, thanked everybody. I think it was on the Raw Talk. It wasn't even on the main. Oh show. right, yeah, it was on it Raw was on Talk. Raw Talk. They were just yeah. Like, he was basically like, "Hey, thanks. You know, thanks everybody for watching. That was super fun. I'm done. Later. This was cool for my son. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, so I was piece. like, "All right, cool." And then uh, also on the next night on Raw, um, Heyman and Lesnar come out and they cut a, of course, a great promo as always. And uh, Lesnar sets his sights on. Roman Reigns. But why, Graham? Why is he going to set his sights on Roman Reigns? We'll talk about that soon. soon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was this was a fine match. It's Honestly, it was like, it's it's all it needed to be. Yeah. It's actually, it was, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Like, the, the match that we thought was going to happen and what they gave us was what we want needed, and we didn't know we wanted. Like, yeah. It was just like, that's exactly what, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> Next. Somebody found the key to the locker room and managed to release the SmackDown women's division <laughs> yeah. so they could finally do their match. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they this moved is the forklift that was parked in front of the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They needed everyone needed a, a, a breather between the Goldberg Lesnar and the and the and the final match. It's the SmackDown Women's Six Pack Challenge. Yeah. So it turns out that this is just a six pack challenge. It's once Naomi came back, it's like it's just Six women. Yeah. The 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 raw four, the the fatal four way raw women's match was a, a was an elimination. elimination match. This is just a six pack challenge, which is just first person to get a pinfall or submission wins the match. It's just the women's SmackDown roster. There's no surprise entrance or anything. So it's Alexa Bliss defending against Becky Lynch, Mickey James, Carmella, Natalia, and Naomi. Yeah. Just, Becky looked like she was dressed like Alloy from Horizon Zero yeah, Dawn. She was like a dead ringer. Like, yeah. It was like holy shit. There is an amazing video. The WWE posted to Twitter of uh, backstage at SmackDown, and uh, ostensibly it's Renee Young talking about 
the response to like the superstar shakeup that they're doing like a supplemental draft yeah. uh, coming up, and she's like, "Gee, yeah, they can't they can't break up the SmackDown family. Come on!" And it's <laughs> two different WWE um, stylists mm-hmm. and Renee and Rhino <laughs> all. Trying to undo Becky's dreads. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's a close up of Rhino, and he's got like his, he's got like the concentration tongue. He's just like, mm-hmm. they're all like, because it's all, they're like wound around yarn. They're like, because, yeah. and they're all like trying to snip out the, the, like the threads without actually cutting her hair. Oh, and because there's like four people all surrounding her doing this. Yeah. It's just funny that it's like the two people and Renee for some reason, and then and Rhino, Rhino. Yeah. who's just, he is committed yeah. to, he's like, I'm going to get all these dreads out. Yeah. It's just really funny. Anyway, uh, um, uh, Naomi gets a big entrance, hometown girl. Yep. This was a very short match. It was super short. Super short, but it was fine. Fine. It was nothing, fine for what it was. Nothing like, wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, James Ellsworth gets involved at one point, yeah. of course. Which, Short reverse Charlotte. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, she hasn't eaten since her match earlier. So <laughs> yeah. now. She's getting two paychecks, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> we cracked the code. Yeah. Uh, um, Naomi wins? Yeah, with, Naomi uh, wins. Submission hold. A new thing. She's, I, I've never seen her do it before. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I don't think they even gave even it a name. Know. I don't even know how to ex- describe it. Yeah. Like a inverted rings of Saturn, I guess. Yeah. What it looks like. But yeah, she uh, locks it in on, on Alexa Bliss, and Alexa very very quickly taps. Yep. And Naomi... Uh, I did not think that the hometown person would win. I, I thought that she was for sure, because she had to... It sucks that she had to vacate it due to injury, and then was well enough to have not had to t- vacate it. Yeah. You know? And again, hometown, I think a big part of it, and a big part of doing it now, was to make the hometown crowd happy. In advance of what might be coming. So, good for Naomi. Congrats. For whatever reason, good for Naomi. Yeah. Have they already set up a match against Alexa? Uh, they had one this week. Oh, right. They had a match on SmackDown. And she right, beat right. Her on, she, or Naomi beat Alexa on SmackDown again. Yeah. So, I don't know what's going forward. but Yeah. So, fine match. Again, it was like five and a half minutes. Like, it was not a long match. Yeah. For a six-pack challenge. Real quick. Then the New Day comes back out and tells us the attendance record, yeah. which is a record for the Citrus Bowl, the the Citrus Bowl slash the the camping safe camping, camping World Stadium, camping World Stadium, aka the Citrus Bowl. Anyway, seventy five two forty five disputed. Wikipedia entry says attendance seventy five thousand two hundred forty five disputed because <laughs> they always like to pad their numbers. Yeah. And now, your actual main event, the match that goes on last. The Undertaker yep. versus Roman Reigns in a Who's Yard on a Pole match is, I am learning, as they are saying it, is a no-holds-barred match. Yeah, they announced it like, I don't know if they announced it beforehand, but like when they announced the match, they're like, this is no disqualification, no count-out, no anything. Yeah. It's like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, holy shit, what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it is being commented on by Michael Cole, JBL, and good old JR, yeah, Jim, Jim Ross. Ross. Is back. We talked about Jim Ross. I mean, Graham mentioned Jim Ross as yeah. the voice of Raw, but he was an old commentator in the throughout the nineties. And then, how good the, was he on this match? Dude, he was so great. Apparently, like he, he never, had he had like no notes. Yeah, he just went in and just winged it. Yeah, wung it, wung it, winged w- it, wanged it, winged it. Yeah, he wanged it all right. He knocked <laughs> it out of the park. Like he was great. He was great. Yeah, he was awesome. He's uh, he's signed a new deal with WWE. Yeah, apparently he signed it. I think he was signed on to do this match like a while ago. Though. Yeah, like yeah, this he was. match specifically. Yeah, um, the match is like fine. 
I feel like this match was the Undertaker looked in a lot of pain. Yeah, this like, match was super interesting. It's um So yeah, Undertaker needs to have a full hip replacement. Yeah. So this is this is his last match. Yeah. This was his last match. And you know at, it's weird. This is definitely a sort of a storyline reality blurring at some point where you're like, how much is Undertaker acting? How much is he actually a broken old man? Yeah. You know? Like, was- how much of this is the Undertaker? Like, like how much of this is the character, the Undertaker, realizing that he is definitely too old for this shit? Mm-hmm. And how much of this is... Mark Calloway is an old, broken man. I think it's an you know? equal measure of both. That's what I think. Or, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And so it's like, how much of what Roman is doing on this match is him being cocky Roman Reigns, thinking he doesn't need to, you know, like circling Undertaker, uh, you know, and like batting his hands away when Taker tries to stand back up and how much of this is Joe Annoy doesn't want to fucking kill the man. Yeah. Right? Like this this was a super interesting match. Yeah. Actually, like it was I liked it for those reasons specifically. Yeah. Like I thought this match was like Undertaker was doing well at the beginning yeah. and then as the match went on, it was like 20 plus minutes. As the yeah. match went on, it's like man He's having a really hard time, and again, I don't know how much of that was acting. And I think, yeah. I think, I think it was more acting than than we think. But you know, he does like at one point he does the his like zombie sit up in the middle of the rain. He doesn't yeah. quite get up and just sort of tips over to the side. That and, was uh, fucking brilliant because I don't think he's ever done that before. Yeah, and that that is the moment that I love. Like I was like, oh, I think I really love this match. Like just for the Undertaker. Yeah. Like Roman's just kind of there, right? Like I don't know, like for. Love him or hate him, right? And like we, we talk about Roman every fucking episode, yeah. and it's just like I don't know. He could, it could have been. I feel like it could have been anyone else in this match, and we would have had the same feelings. Yeah, maybe not as like behind the Undertaker because we're all generally against Reigns. Like yeah. I mean, he has the supporters, right? But um, I feel like it could have been anyone. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it didn't. It didn't bother me that Reigns was the the person to we think retire the undertaker right yeah so that's the uh you know that's i mean it was pretty definitive i yeah. think at the um well taker kicks out of like three spears yeah and rain starts getting more and more frustrated yeah there's one moment where near the right near the end where before he does the last spear and like taker's getting up and rain's like kind of like which is a, which is a, a direct bit. it's a direct reference to um Shawn michaels retirement match Versus Undertaker, where Sean's climbing up Undertaker's pants, and Taker just bats him away. Right. And I so yeah, that. yeah. yeah Taker's, that Taker's trying to pull himself up on Roman Reigns, and Reigns just like pushes his hand away. Is like like stay down. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's uh, you know he's this <laughs> this match didn't feel like uh, it was positioned as the two big dogs fighting over the yard, right? And this match, it may have started out looking like that, but by halfway through, this was not two big dogs. This was a boy putting old Yeller down. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was hard to watch at points. Yeah. I felt really bad. And it was more just like me, I actually didn't even think that this was, like going into this, I didn't think it was Taker's last match. And then as the no match one did, on, it was not advertised as Taker's yeah. last match, right? And as the match went on, I was like, "Holy shit, is this his last match?" Because the way they were like, the way it was laid out, and the way they were, the Taker was like selling these injuries. Yeah, and, stuff like and that. the the and the, the setup was like, "Oh my god!" The setup and the batting the hand away, uh, uh, as a as a as a parallel to the 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 Shawn Michaels match, um, uh, I like, do. That yeah, just like both of those things, I was like, Jesus, I think this is his last match. I do think people need to stop focusing on like, hey, Roman was the one that pinned him. Yeah, who gives a shit? I don't. Who this gives is, a fuck about this? Is more about Taker. Yeah, and like what Taker has done for and us and like our entertainment and this story. That, yeah. This story was all told through Taker. Yeah, and it's like why you know why uh, uh, if this is his last match, like he's the Undertaker. Doesn't doesn't he more than any wrestler deserve to go out on top? Sure, maybe, but he wouldn't do that because no, he's a wrestler goes out on his back. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're retiring, you lay down. You put someone over. Mm-hmm. Right? You pass it on. You, you, you make it. No, no one gains any. You know, Taker wins at WrestleMania and leaves and retires, like, re- retires with a win. That helps no one. Yeah. Right? This does something for Reigns. It definitely did. You know? <laughs> and so it happened on Monday. So Reigns... You know, a- after endless spears and Superman punches, um, which, by the way, uh, Reigns now has a super a super move. In kayfabe, Reigns can now charge up the spear by oh, yeah. by running the ropes. <laughs> yeah. He ran the ropes back and forth, and Taker's like, "What? What do you? I don't know how to react to this." And yeah. then pff, spear pins him. Reigns stands there for a second, leaves, just like just gets out of there. Well, he did pose on the ramp, and he, then there was fireworks. Yeah, he on. posed a bit, and then uh, Taker uh, puts his coat and hat back on, yeah. and uh, poses briefly, and then actually, he's like going to leave the ring, and yeah. then he stops, and he stops and goes back yeah. to the middle of the ring, takes off his gloves, leaves his gloves, takes off his coat, folds it up, puts it on the gloves, takes off his hat, puts it on the on the coat and the gloves, goes back up to. The partway down the ramp because he entered from like partway. He like rise. He rose out of the. There was smoke and he rose out of the ramp and then yeah. came down. Goes back, does his like fist over the shoulder pose and then just sinks away, yeah, accompanied with smoke. Sad. And knowing, knowing how seriously Mark Calloway treats wrestling storyline and stuff. Yeah. That's probably the last time we're ever going to see him. Yeah. He kissed his wife at ringside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like. That's never, never would he ever do that. No. Like, if he can, if he was going to continue to be the Undertaker, yeah. he wouldn't have kissed his wife. I mean, you can, how do you wrestle after hip, re, hip replacement surgery? You can't, right? Yeah, I don't think you can. There was a po- there was a picture that uh, the Sports Network, a photographer for the Sports Network, posted that like uh, half an hour after the end of the show, like while the ring was being broken down and like seats were being packed up and stuff, his gear was still sitting in the middle of the ring because yeah, no one. No one was going to move it. I wouldn't touch it. No one you? was going to be the one to move Undertaker's gear. Yeah. You know? It was really sad, man. Yeah, Undertaker's it was amazing. Like, I heard the best word I saw used was institution. Yeah. Because he's just like, he's It's hard to explain. Around. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of people who listen to this show specifically uh, are new to the product and, uh, you know, don't uh, have the the full history that 
we do, and even me, I only, like I said in the first couple episodes, I, have only, I haven't been watching that long, really, comparatively mm. to some people, yeah. right? I mean, Taker's been around 27 years, yeah. right? Uh, and it's hard to explain uh, sort of what this was, because this is, it's, it's another one of those weird reality storyline blurring things where it's like, uh, man, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, this was a, this was a powerful moment. Yeah. You know? This is like, I don't know, man. He's always been like that. He's been uh, a constant. A constant and just like that, that powerful enigma kind of character that the product needs. Yeah. You know, like that constant, the boogeyman. Like if somebody gets out of line, like Taker's yeah. going to come after you. And like that's I mean, fucking game over, man. And, like, and that was true even backstage. Like he was a leader in the locker room. Yeah. Like he used to run like wrestler's court. Yeah. Like when someone would step out of line, they would take you to the Undertaker. And he would determine how you were going to, you know, like he would determine first if you were guilty or not. Mm-hmm. And then if you were guilty, like how much beer you'd have to buy for the rest of the locker room. Yeah. But like... um uh, he was like a like the character even uh, was yeah like this sort of this meta level figure. I mean, it's the reason that when the last year when the whole Shane and Vince thing was playing up, when we were like, why is Taker no, listening? Taker Shane, we were talking about this. Taker fought fucking Shane last year, right? <laughs> that's what it was. Right? It was like, why is Taker listening to Vince? Right? Because like, sure, Vince owned like. In storyline, Vince owns the company, yeah. meaning that in storyline, Taker is technically an employee of Vince. Yeah. But he's not really, yeah. right? Like, like the character kind of isn't. The character just does whatever the character wants to do. He exists like outside the storyline. Yeah. There's an analogy somewhere in my head that's like really trying to get out, and I can't quite get it. But like, uh, I just. He's the boogeyman. <laughs> like he's the Baba Yaga. Like he just like. Well, the boogeyman kept hitting himself with clocks and eating worms. So. Oh yeah. Well, the not bo- that boogeyman, but the good not, boogeyman. Not not the wrestler named not the, the wrestler boogeyman. Named the boogeyman. Like but, Baba Yaga. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he, like he's the John Wick of WWE. He's like the he's like a supernatural force. Yeah. You know, he's less of a he's less of a wrestler and like just an omnipresent force. Yeah. In wrestling, and so to. You know, for this to be and like WrestleMania's gonna roll around next year, like there's no Undertaker match, it's gonna feel weird, man. Yeah, for the first time in ages. Yeah. Yeah. It's just super, super weird. The first time since WrestleMania eight? Yeah. When was Taker's first WrestleMania match? I don't know. He was twenty one and one at thirty. Yeah. So eight. So he's twenty two. Yeah, so he's in the first WrestleMania. Is he, so is he twenty two and two now? He's twenty three and two. Twenty three and two. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good run. He went X two drop. <laughs> no, he didn't. Because <laughs> he won last year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, X2 no, he lost drop. this year, so it'll be X two. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but we're not going to say the twenty three. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> X2 he went X two drop. He didn't make day two. X and two, you make day two on a GP. No, yeah. Shut up, Jan. Graham, you're ruining my joke. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, it was it was a uh, it was a hell of a thing, um, and uh, like you know, it is what it is. A lot of people, uh, which and I probably agree that like probably his last match should have been the one that they literally called the end of an era match, mm-hmm. right? Which was like. Um, 
uh, it was Triple H versus Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee, where after the match, all three of them, hand in hand, helped each other up the ramp as these, like, you know, three, uh, you know, giant figures from an era of wrestling. Was that Triple H's, like, last, like, regular match? That was, yeah, that was his last match as, like, a... Regular. uh, Yeah, as, like, a regular wrestler. Mm. And, uh... Like, it obviously, you saw him this year, he's still great. It didn't make sense for that to be, like, a retirement match for Triple H. Um, but, yeah, that was when he, like, transitioned to being, like, the actual uh, corporate guy much more uh, much more full-time. And it was, like, uh, HBK had been retired the year prior, so bringing him back as the, as the referee made sense. And, mm-hmm. like, that storyline, that probably should have been Taker's last match, but then he's like, I can still keep going, so it's like, Okay, and again, like I said, Taker won that match, and a wrestler goes out on his back. Yeah, you know, and so it's like, well, why didn't he leave when you know after Brock? And like, well, they they thought he was going to. Like at the time, they kind of thought that was going to be his last match, and he's like, no, I can still go. So it's like, okay, what are you going to say to Taker? Undertaker's like, I can still wrestle. What's Vince going to say? No. Yeah. (laughs) Guy makes money. Yeah. So, yeah, we lost one. We lost one of the best. We yeah. didn't lose them, but I mean, like, well, we kind of did. But man, what a, what a chant though—the thank you taker chant. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was WrestleMania 33. Man, good show. Yeah, it was a really overall great show. really good show. The I like this one. Was Bray and yeah, Morton. I like this show way way better than last fuck year. For six and a, six and a half hours of wrestling, and there's one match where we're like, eh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm okay. I could have done without that, but. For all the negativity going into this card where people are like, ah, oh, this card looks garbage. Yeah. It's going to be awful. And they prove that they can, A, still surprise us. What a show. And B, still entertain us. So yeah. I give it a, a, it's like a solid like 80% at least, like a upper 80 yeah. mark, somewhere around there. Great show. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the next night on Raw After Mania. Yep. Um, so they gave... Corey Graves, JBL's line from last year, which is that the uh, crowd at uh, Raw after WrestleMania, sometimes they boo people they normally cheer, and cheer people they normally boo. No. And uh, I hate that line. Like, okay, so I get, I actually, I I completely understand the position that WWE finds themselves in for this Raw after Mania show, where the crowd is really high on themselves and putting themselves over and doing real disrespectful shit, like fucking around with beach balls during the Cruiserweight match, you assholes. Yeah. But, um... That was a dick move. Yeah, but, like, um, uh, you know, so I understand sort of trying to make it clear to the much, much, much larger home audience that, like, this is an unusually raucous crowd. Yeah. But wording it like that is, you know, is... It's also disrespectful for the crowd, the fans that are in the crowd. Yeah, who've paid to fly into Orlando to go to WrestleMania and then come to the Raw afterwards. Like, it's still kind of a dick move to mm-hmm. say that about people. Also, booing people they normally cheer and cheering people they normally boo does not cover the eight-minute-long... Fuck you, Roman chant, which is how the show opened. The show opened with a video. The show opened with a video package of the Undertaker match, yeah, and then a massive "Thank you, Taker" chant, which felt like it went on. Did not stop. It was just "Thank you, Taker." Thank you, Taker, for like three or four solid minutes, and then 
some people started sneaking in. It would be like, thank you, Taker. Roman sucks. Thank yeah. you, Taker. Roman sucks. Thank you, Taker. Roman sucks. Yeah. And it just like flipped. And then, banan, banan, Roman Reigns came out yeah. with a mic and just this massive booze, the, the, like, you, like you could peel paint. With the vitriol from the crowd. Crazy. Just, and it was one he, of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Like, yeah, and then... Like, and he would go to, like, almost, say something, and the booze would just get louder. He would put the mic up to his mouth, and just booze, massive booze, and then nothing. Put the mic back up to his mouth, massive booze. And then, like I said, a fuck you Roman chant, which is... That would be difficult to misinterpret. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, again, I understand why WWE... You know, even for plausible deniability, mm. needs to put in like, "Oh, this is a weird crowd that are swearing on our supposedly PG show, right?" Yeah. Like, I don't know what else they're supposed to do about it, but yeah. After literally like eight minutes into the show, the first line of actual in-ring dialogue is spoken, which is just Reigns finally gets the mic up to his mouth and just says, "This is my yard now." And throws the mic away. And it's pretty sweet, actually. It was good. Like, oh, good it was really good. Yeah. But yeah, you remember last year when he was like, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm just the guy. And we're like, all right, well, then sack up. Be a heel. Do it. And then yeah. he was like, mm. It's like, stop talking about how great this guy is. Just yeah. let him be a... But they still did it all night on commentary. They're like, oh, it was his night last night, and he's the big dog. And it's just <sighs> like, here we go. Just let him... It's a, just let the crowd hate him. Let him be bad. Yeah. Don't... He's not an underdog. But they're, they're not going to do it. They're just I not. Know. They're not. I know. Like, we can't, like, we can sit here and we anyway. can, till we're blue in the face yeah. about. Uh, other notable stuff, real quick, that happened on hashtag Raw After Mania. Uh, New Day came down to the ring and uh, set out an open challenge for any tag team on the roster to come and fight them. And who shows up but The Revival? Yeah! No flips, no fists. No, no fists, fl- just no, fists. No flips, no, no fists. flips, no fists, no legs. We don't do flips and we don't got fists. <laughs> yeah. We will gnaw you to death. Um, uh, Dash and Dawson came out. They kicked over the New Day's ice cream cart. Yeah. Uh, they won the match also. Yeah. I mean, you, you These two are going to be fucking debut. brilliant. If you haven't watched NXT, just if they let them be the revival, I hope so. Hold on to your butts because it's going to so. be a good ride, and you're going to hate these two because oh, they are very good at making you hate so them. So good. I yeah. really, really hope. My worry, and I said this to Adam, is like we've said for a while that Raw has not been doing a great job with the tag team division, and how have they decided to solve that by adding two more tag teams? <laughs> right, the Hardys last night. The revival now. My hope is that this was the beginning of a non-title feud between the revival and the New Day, and then the Hardys can have title feud. You can have more than one storyline. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus won a number one contenders match for so, the Hardy for Boys the titles. Hardy Boys titles. Um, what else? Finn Balor came back. Yep. Finn Balor returned as the. Um, Owens and Joe attacked Jericho, uh, meaning that he wasn't able to compete tonight, and he was scheduled for a tag team match with Seth against Owens and Jericho, and so it was Seth and partner versus Owens and Jericho, and then, surprise, partner was Finn Balor. Thrilled to have Finn Balor back. Huge pop for that. I'm excited to see what he does. And you're also wondering, Mick Foley got fired as a general manager. There was a new general manager. Vince McMahon came on Raw and was like, announced Kurt Angle is the new general manager of Raw. And also next week on Raw, which will be this Monday, this is Thursday, um, there's a superstar shakeup. So there's going to be some people. I don't think it's going to be like a full redraft. No, it's like a supplemental. It's two or three people move back and forth. I think it'll be more than that, but it'll be people moving back and forth between Raw and SmackDown just to shake things up for storyline purposes, which is great. Um, Kurt Angle 
did a couple terrific comedy backstage bits. He's still really funny. There was a bit. There with, was a bit with Enzo and Cass that was great. Yeah, Enzo, like, Enzo and Cass do their whole promo conversationally. It's like, hi, uh, I'm Enzo Amore, and I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And uh, this is Big Cass. He's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. What does he say? He's like, bada boom, realist guys in the room. Into. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can't teach that. Like, well, yeah, certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, cool, you can have a, you'll have a number one contenders match or something. And then he's like, cool, we're going to show them that there's only one word to describe them, and I'll spell it out. S A W F T soft, and then they leave, and Kurt Angle's like, that's not how you spell soft. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, just no, like, oblivious. Kurt Angle is yeah. great. Really funny. So hopefully we get no Steph and we just have Kurt on the show for at least a few weeks. Well, Steph's got to sell that t- that table shot for like a month, right? Yeah. Like as a non... So we're hoping at least another three weeks of just Kurt Angle. Yeah. And... Um, so Steph comes back and bullies him into... Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, women's division, they had a big sort of back and forth that ended up with um, Nia beating the crap out of Charlotte. Yep. So that's going to be... Interesting. Oh, they had right, right. They announced a a, a six woman tag match, and I was like, one, two, three, four, <laughs> yeah, five, I guess. Six? Who? What? I was like, who the hell? So it turned out that it was um, Bailey, Sasha, and Dana Brooke, who is now face because she turned on Charlotte. Yeah. Again, face is a good guy. Versus. Um, Charlotte, Nia Jax, and Emma! Emma! And the good Emma! The one we wanted! And she still is great. Yeah. So good good to see her back. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was the uh, Raw after Mania. And then um, SmackDown yeah. after, after Mania. Let me see what happened. We already mentioned Eric Rowan returned and attacked Randy Orton from behind with yeah. a crazy new sheep mask. Yeah. Miz and Maurice called out... By the way, their Mania costumes were great. Oh yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. Miz and Maurice called out Cena and Nikki. Yep. Who showed up, except it wasn't Cena and Nikki, it was Ms. Maurice playing Cena and Nikki. That's great. And they just started saying a bunch of stuff, and it's like, oh, our fake marriage for the cameras, that'll be great, you know, and like yeah. the same sort of stuff they were doing before. Excellent work from both of them. And then as they're going to leave the ring, this guy comes out on the ramp yeah. with a violin, and people are like, I know what this, this is, is about. <laughs> And Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. SmackDown got him. We, sometimes they yeah. can give us what we want. And, so, and that means we're going to get AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura at oh some point. Oh, my God. You're right. We're going to get John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura at some point. Oh, that'll be weird. That'll be really weird. That'll be great. What a clash of styles. Yeah. A styles clash, you can say. <laughs> As soon as I said that, I was like, there's a pun. i got to make this work. You're trying to um, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, what was weird is that Shinsuke came out and did his entrance and then just left. Yeah, that was like, it. I thought he was going to beat up Miz, but nope. no. He's just, he's but I just, think that's enough for the feud for the Miz, right? Yeah. He's like, how dare you come? Like Next week, I guarantee you it's going to be Miz being Miz like, versus, how dare this man yeah. come out and interrupt me? Yeah. So it'll be Miz and Nakamura at whatever the next SmackDown pay-per-view is? I don't even know what it is. I have no idea. And also, uh, yeah. It was, who was it? It was, uh, oh right, Kurt Hawkins came out and was like, hey, I didn't get to do anything at WrestleMania, so I'll challenge anyone in the locker room, and I'm going to give them ten, and then just, bam! I wish he, he's, as like, I'm going to start counting down, and then like one, two, and the crowd would know what was coming along, yeah. and then they all start counting along until we get to... Anyway, Ty Dillinger, his <laughs> debut, Ty Dillinger's on SmackDown. Yes! He looks great. My boy! <laughs> Time, my boy! Oh, my God, I'm so excited. It's interesting. Um, 
people talk about, you know, like uh, uh, a, a catchphrase or a chant or a costume or something being over. It's like, ah, no, the tight Dillinger is not over. The ten chant is over, right? No. It's like <sighs> ties over. This has been this has been happening for years and years and years, right? Like you need something to yeah. start with, right? Like the chant will get you there, and then you have to maintain it, right? And so, like. That's the fine. Isn't right? enough. It's right. We're Daniel Bryan. Tied. Daniel Bryan didn't start getting everyone on his side until the yes chant. Yeah. Right. He was still great, but he didn't start getting everyone over until the yes chant. The yes chant made everyone want to see him because they wanted to do the chant because they loved the chant. And then once they saw him, saw more of him, they were like, "Oh, this guy's great." Mm-hmm. Right. I know that I'm vastly protracting how time works and giving probably not enough credit to Daniel Bryan, but the point is, um, I have no problem with 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 this and so because it's like okay you know I was watching him in this match against Kurt Hawkins right and I was like okay take a step back Graham what makes Ty Dillinger better than Apollo Crews yeah right like what do we know about Ty Dillinger that we that because we complain that we don't know anything about Apollo Crews he's just a guy that smiles yeah right and it would be very easy to say the same thing about Ty Dillinger. Yep. Really all we know, that all that I've seen from that NXT thing, because on the main roster we don't know anything, but all I've seen yeah. from the NXT thing is that, you know, is that he, he uh, uh, Sanity, who'd been running roughshod through NXT, offered him a chance to join, and he turned them down. Because yeah. he, he is inherently a good person, mm-hmm. right? And he's also, we saw at the Royal Rumble, that he's fearless because he got in the ring and just ran right at Braun Strowman yeah. and, you know, cares not, right? And now that's it for now, yeah. right? But the fact that the fact that the 10 chant is already so over gives him an opportunity to at least get out there and show us more of what he's about. And I just hope it's not wasted. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about Ty Dillinger is that he calls himself the perfect 10, but he almost always loses. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He beat Kurt Hawkins, though. Yeah, he did beat Kurt Hawkins. I was. I would have been real upset if he lost to Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, that would. But been, I mean, like on NXT, like every NXT takeover, like he loses the big matches. Yeah. But I mean, that was Sammy's gimmick in NXT too, and then he won the big one, and we all freaked out. You think Sammy's going to SmackDown? I actually think he is better on Raw. Like he has more interesting yeah. matchups than just moving to SmackDown. Everyone's like, oh, they'll use him better. You do realize that Vince still watches both shows correctly, like. Closely. He's still in charge of both shows. Yeah, he's still, it's not like Vince like gives someone control of SmackDown and that's it. Yeah. Like Vince is still there. SmackDown has better writers at least. Yeah. You know? I think Sammy has more interesting matchups on Raw. They also, need to use them. The bit that they did with with Kurt Angle backstage, uh, where he was like, Hey, I had a great rapport with McFoley and I would love to have that sort of rapport with you in his sort of like weird, obsessive kind of manic thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Mick, or Kurt was like, Well, uh, it's clear from the way that you carry yourself that you have one of the three eyes, intelligence. Yeah. Because one of Kurt's things was the three eyes. Yeah. And uh, and I know from your uh, previous work in the ring that you have another one, intensity. Yeah. And from your willingness to stand up for Mick Foley in the face of what Steph did to him, I can tell that you have the third eye, integrity. And I think that you and I will understand one another perfectly. You know, and Sammy's like, that sounds great. Thank you. Okay, cool. Thank you, Kurt. Okay, bye. And starts to leave. And then comes back and is like, 
hey, speaking of which, you know, and then that <laughs> starts to get, starts to get annoying, yeah. right? And then Jinder Mahal comes in and complains, and he puts them in a match, and Sammy wins. But anyway, yeah. the point is, I like that Kurt is on side with the idea of Sami Zayn, so that's yeah. that's good. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with the superstar shakeup. I definitely think that women are going to move around a lot because yeah. they desperately have to. I wouldn't be surprised seeing like Sasha move over and yeah, someone else maybe, or even Charlotte maybe. Yeah, who knows? It could happen. But um, that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, the main takeaway from this episode is that WrestleMania was great. It was awesome. And uh, we had a great time watching it. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing what happens in the coming year. The thing about the uh, Raw, the Raw and SmackDown after Mania, a lot of, lot of moments, yeah. right? But actually very little story progression. Yeah, you need to not, like get caught up in how good those episodes are because of their moments. Because, yeah, those There's episodes... like... Those, moving, there's nothing that moves the stories forward. Yeah. It's always just like, hey, here's these guys from NXT. Hey, here's this guy coming back. Hey, here's this great match. And the, that's it. Those episodes are like candy. Yeah. They're sugary filler, which is great. I, like, that I have a sweet tooth, yeah. you know. And after after Mania, you know, it's it's nice to have that. But yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up in like, oh man, this is so cool. All these things are great. Man, Raw and SmackDown are going to be awesome. And it's like, yeah, but there was like nothing done storyline wise. And the next week, there's no like big surprises and there's no debuts, and you're like, oh, that episode sucked. And you need to take a step back, yeah. and look at the episode on its own merits because this is like kind of like the new season. This is the fresh start, kind yeah. of like this is where things start get rolling again. Yeah, especially with the super. Superstar Shake-Up. Yeah. You just call it Supplemental Draft like you used to. I don't know when it's Superstar Shake-Up. Whatever. Anyway. Hey, Graham, if people want to talk to you about the Superstar Shake-Up, where can they find you? I would love to engage you in polite discourse on my Twitter, <laughs> at Graham <laughs> underscore LRR. Yeah. And uh, you can send dank memes to Adam. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I want the dankest, spiciest memes, too. Only spiciest Only memes. Spiciest. <laughs> Only the spiciest memes <laughs> may need to apply. Yeah. You can also talk to him about wrestling at his Twitter. At Wake up super. Yeah. And uh, you can find us uh, invariably on our streaming channel at twitch.tv slash loadingreadyrun. Yeah. Check it out over there. Subscribe to this channel. And also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun where you help support all the things okay, that we do. do this. Yeah. They like it when you point at the sign. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> mm. All right. That's going to do it for this week. That was um, it. Thank you. We'll talk to you again for payback. The next Raw. Tell me it's not in two weeks. I fucking hope not. I think it is, though. Jesus. <laughs> womp womp. On the bright side, I've watched all the wrestling from this week already, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, hey. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Right. Bye. Bye.